Yeah, in a way too. Yeah, because I didn't. Even, I didn't come out to my parent. Like I came out to my mom, but not as like gay. I came out as you know. I, I like guys too, kind of thing. When I Dr. pretty Drew early says, on, when I was Dr. like Drew twenty, says that's um, that's just sexual immaturity. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like when I was like twenty-one for attention, or you're not accepting that you're all the way that way. Exactly. It is kind of the bus station to gay, you know. Yeah. But but like uh, to the gay bus. But I. But then I, uh, when I was, I didn't come out to my parents until I was like in my early thirties, because I, you know, uh, to my uh, dad and my stepmom, because my stepmom they're like super religious. I thought they were yeah. really going to have a problem with it, but my stepmom did not have a problem with it. She's really? very supportive, and now I real, you know, and I realize it's because she's like, you know, super Catholic, and I'm like, well, of course. I mean, everybody she's hanging out with are just guys in dresses. Oh. You know, <laughs> they yeah. probably diddled some kid or they probably are closet gays. Every priest and so she's going to be cool with it. Because I remember when I was like 12, we, there was a new priest that came to town and we helped him move his solo flex machine <laughs> into the rectory. Sounds gay. But it, it was just like, you know, and now I go, why do the priest, a priest doesn't have to be buff. It's no. like, who's he? Is he like getting ripped for God? You know, like why does a priest need a solo flex machine? You want your priest to be kind of doughy and asexual and, you know, so now, and so I think back on certain things and go, huh, what was going on there? This is what I am. I am a man. So come and dance with Michael. So strong now, it's strong now So come and dance with me, Michael I'm all that you see, you wanna see So come and dance with me, Michael So close now, it's close now So come and dance with me, so come and dance with me No, I never heard that Hello everybody, welcome to Ari Shapiro's Skeptic Tank I'm Ari Shafir. I'm here with my friend Paul Morrissey. Hello, everybody. From the Alley Oop podcast. That's right. Um, we're in my apartment in New York City. If it sounds echoey in here. Yeah, it does It does a little, you. right? <laughs> it's not complete, uh, quite the skeptic tank yet. We need the paint job and the, uh, all the equipment. <laughs> What's your idea to do with my, my living room? <laughs> we need an artist who wants to come in here and do a rendering of a, some kind of tank. That you'll you be water. water. It looks like the water feel. Hey, they're artists. I'll let them do the okay, work. You're right. But, <laughs> but anything that you think Ari would be sitting in, thinking of uh, in the whatever you think the skeptic tank from the inside would look like. Yeah, whether it's water or or weed or <laughs> something, something sort of murky weed water, mushroom water, <laughs> yeah, mushroom water, bongs. I don't know. Um. Yeah, we went around to Kmart and bought some shit and then walked around looking for tea, pot, tea kettles, teapots. <laughs> we went to about 15 convenience stores. First, we couldn't f- figure out what the name teapot was. So I was like, tea kettle? It's like a, it's like a hot water maker for tea? <laughs> Do you have that? I'm trying to explain that to people who don't speak English in the first place. But all I know is thank you. <laughs> the guy just looks at me and shakes his head like, uh, no. Anything that warms and they give you a lantern? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I did. And he points me to actual tea. I'm like, no, no, no. The thing you put this in. And he's like, oh, here's a paper cup. I'm like, no, no, no. All right. Well, forget it. But then we did give you a microwave. Yeah, which is too big. We didn't look at the space I had. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to buy a case for, this, for the microwave. I mean, not a case, a stand. I got to figure out where I'm going to do with my couch. 
Maybe I gotta get, make the tank something. Yeah. Get a chair. A chair. At least one chair. Two chairs so you can pick it back. <laughs> it's either get a kitchen table and sit around that all the time or get a... a where do I entertain people here? How do I get... Assuming it's a girl. How do I get... Like, what do I do? How do I fill that room up? A couch. Magical's gonna give me a couch. So, like, where, where would that go? On the side here, maybe? Well, you're still going imag- to imagine me sleeping on the floor wherever you... <laughs> yes, okay. Imagine you won't be there anymore. You really have uh, pinocchio this up. <laughs> Sleep in the side on some hay. I have every, every layer of clothing that would pad up a bed. <laughs> you have my shams, though. <laughs> Use my shams for my new uh, eight-piece bed set with shams. It's coming together already, though. I can tell. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to tell you? How's this bed? It's all right. It's all not right. bad. Man, I sort of fall off on the edge of it, though. So you excited? Is this sinking in yet, that you're here in New York for good? Yeah, I, I want to make this place look like something before it looks like a slob factory. <laughs> you know, I just want to get a, a little organized. Like, have a couple shelves that I can put some things. Because it's like after you clean minimal. your car. Yeah. It's, you keep it nice for a long time, but as soon as the first like McDonald's bag gets in there, it just piles up and you give up. Yes, totally true. Even though I would never be as white trash as you to eat McDonald's. <laughs> but yes, I do understand <laughs> through the metaphor what you mean. You're the one that ate Nutella. I grew up on it. You just discovered it. I, Guys, uh, Nutella has been around. It's been around. You've heard of that. Man, it's so echoey in here. It's like a real studio. What do I get? Do I put stuff in here to make it less echoey, or do I just? Or am I just going to live in an echoey place? This is an actual tank. <laughs> it's got high <laughs> ceilings. That's why. I love how they, I have uh, I have uh, fans in the living room and bedroom. Those ceiling fans, yeah. And the cords go down so long that it is below my head level. Well, and then you can just hit him into the fan, and then all kinds of bad stuff can happen. Oh, yeah, let us go up there and fucking fire out. <laughs> so, anyway, on this episode of Escape the Tank, I interviewed Chip Pope. Do you know him? You do know him, right? Yeah, from Austin Stories, right? Yeah, from Austin Stories. You and I are the only ones who know all these references of shows that... I live right by Thompson Square Park, and we passed by it. I was like, oh, Thompson Square, remember that... Uh Remember that show they used to shoot from here, the stand-up show? And what'd you say? <laughs> We're the only two people. There was a Tompkins Park or Square Park TV show yeah. from Comedy Central, which I think, and I heard it was horrible when they was did it? actually tape it. Well, they taped it outside. Just another example of Comedy Central in the past, not knowing. You can't tape outside comedy. Think, oh, wouldn't it be cool? It would be cool, but it won't work. It'll attract homeless people and nine <laughs> other people walking by. It's like Zuccotti Park, take two. But I think Jeff Ross was still in the, like, almost like Andrew Dice Clay phase. Like, remember when he's reading the poems and, like, he would have, like, a leather jacket maybe or something like that? Like, young, yeah. good-looking young Jeff, Jeff Ross. Ross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good instead of the old fucking slob of... Uh-oh. Oh, this has already started. Uh-oh. We actually have some neighbors. Well, how am I supposed to do this? <laughs> am I supposed to not talk? Oh, this is going to be majorly problematic for me. Ari's right, already in trouble with the landlord. You heard it here first. Man, that's not the landlord, but... It's somebody living in your wall. Wait, let's go over to this room for a second. It's not someone living in my... Fuck! 
I make noise. <laughs> and you're up past 11. I'm all, I wake up at 11 p.m. every day. <laughs> it is echoey. That's not our fault. <sighs> that's going to be a problem for me. You could get, it, get kicked out your first day. I might get kicked out, but fuck. We got to find out, out who that is. I mean, they're clearly someone who sleeps at night. Suckers. I'm used to having nobody on the bedroom side. Nobody below me. Oh, this is going to be a problem. Well, there's nobody below you, but I wonder if the person above can hear too. Oh, man. Can we just say sorry we're on West Coast time? Sorry, we're recording a West Coast podcast that hasn't hit the, <laughs> the, fa- the fad, hasn't hit New York yet, but. We could record the rest in your bathroom, which then would be really <laughs> echoey. echoey. I'll sit in the tub, you sit on the toilet. You could actually just record from the park next door. This, that's going to be a major problem, Marcy. Oh, I know. I fuck, too, sometimes. I don't fuck it at 9.30 p.m. I fuck at random hours on weekdays. Now, do you think this person is going to be cool enough to just let you do your thing? If that happens? No. Well, first of all, I'm now I definitely have to move the bed to the other side. <laughs> I mean, that's a definite now. I mean, this was clearly just foreplay, and he was already... Oh, no. What am I going to do? <laughs> I'm so noisy. You gotta get it in your the contract. Music. I listen to music at night sometimes. Oh no, I don't know. And we were just talking. That's the thing. Yeah, we weren't even screaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a <laughs> this is gonna be a major problem for me. <sighs> Eleven months left. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other options? Is that how? So all the walls in New York are just bone thin. I think you thin? should just give everybody in this building a copy of your CD. Revenge for the Holocaust. Yes, and then the DVD. Uh, what did you name it Special, again? Passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. I was there. It was a fantastic Hold on, show. Stay here. I gotta get my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is he gonna hear me beating off? What are we gonna do? <laughs> that was that was an early. That was so early. What time is it? That was an early knock. It's uh, when is two fifteen? But that's not very late. That wasn't loud at all, though. I mean, I, if I come home and let's say I'm. With somebody from a club, a mm. guy even, I'm like yeah, come on, we'll get a drink and go, go back on your way. We're gonna talk for a minute. Yeah, you gotta butter these people up, especially it's New York, man. This place is noisy, dude. It's my first day here. Yeah, they didn't do that to me. Maybe it's a little anti-Semitism going on. You might have to complain to the landlord. <sighs> Maybe I should. Hey. My dad was a Holocaust survivor. It's time you give me my reparations. <laughs> and they told him not to speak. <laughs> well, anyway, this episode is uh, it's a Chip Pope from Austin Stories. You're correct. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, yeah, he, when we started comedy, he's gay. He's a super gay. He's a clear gay. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But when we started comedy, he had a girlfriend. He was going out with this girl, Daisy Gardner. A beard, as they say. Yeah, I guess so. But it was like, then he came out of the closet. We all thought he was like maybe gay. We were like, no, he's got a girlfriend, so no way. Um, <laughs> and he broke up, and then he was like full gay. And we're like, oh, well, then what was that all about? Fitting in? I, I, well, he explains it. Well, I didn't hear it, yeah, so I'm interested yeah. in listening to it. He said he's into girls from the waist up. Interesting. He's into their aesthetic and stuff. He's so like, like with them. transvestite then? Possibly. I think more like a, um, not quite transvestite where they dress differently but are something underneath, but more like a um, centaur 
<laughs> a trans centaur where from the waist up they're a, a female but then they got a, a huge horse cock I haven't heard of that <laughs> yeah a trans centaur that's totally a thing so <laughs> um, hey I got a new sponsor for this podcast alright do, do you know it? what Squarespace is? yeah I've heard of it yeah they help you build websites oh nice they're really good about it it's a cool it's a site platform that lets you build a personal or business website with like really simple and easy to use tools. It's it's really cool. It's, if you go to squarespace.com slash Ari, you can get a free trial. And then if you use the offer code skeptic, when you buy a plan, you got 10% discount. So squarespace.com slash Ari, use the offer code skeptic. But um, what it is, instead of, well, you eventually built your website. Well, we have the same web designer. Yeah. yeah. But she costs us a bunch of money. But um, She's great, though. Yeah, she is cool. But if you want to build your own, this is really easy. This yeah. guy from uh, San Diego, um, uh, did it the sound guy there okay. Bo he did he's like yeah I'll give me your code I'm going to use it and uh, he showed me exactly what he did it's super easy to use oh that's awesome he was like in no time and then you can change the design halfway through you can have to like go for two months and be like I don't like this design anymore and instead of getting Jane to like make a whole new design you just go in there and like change it yeah and it automatically adjusts to like any anything you have on there like for your phone or for your, for your uh, computer yeah like whatever you have it on so. so what would you make if you had another website that you wanted to make what would it be for Good question. Selling your T-shirts? Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Um, definitely, you can make merchandise sites. But I would probably have a, some sort of prank site or maybe a site where I um, show all the different homeless people that I see <laughs> and I'll show which ways I'm better than them. Okay. Yeah, Squarespace can help you do that. <laughs> what would you call it? Um, Ari is better than homeless people dot, dot org. <laughs> I'm sure it's still available. Ari is better than homeless people.org. No, that's not good. We have to dot do TV. Yeah, maybe dot TV. Ari is better than homeless people.tv. So my Squarespace account. Uh, plus they have a website. They have um what's it called? People online on the phone that can talk you through stuff. Oh, okay, good. Was I with you today when I was talking to an operator, a phone operator? It was like a machine. And like, what is your number? And I say it like, did you say dog? I'm like, no, I said four nine three dog I'm like no no <laughs> operator operator and they're like we need more information please say is it one of these options like, operator <laughs> I can't even fucking yell right now I can't even yell I want to get into it and I can't fucking yell this is very passive aggressive <laughs> very nice my special passive aggressive so squarespace.com slash RA offer code S-K-E-P-T-I-C and uh, go get one right now it's 10% off and um I'll help you uh, register a free domain name. So that's the episode. I have a few dates to do. Where are you going? Moon Tower next oh, week. Oh, nice. I have my storyteller shows Friday and Saturday. It's a good lineup. We got Tom Rhodes. I'm trying to remember who we got as we go. Sean in, Patton. In Austin, Texas. In Austin. Two stories. Fight stories and drug stories. Nice. Uh, Kurt Metzger is doing it. Um, Greg Fitzsimmons is doing oh, fight nice. stories. Yeah, he's a fighter. He's like, yeah, he's like, mine can go for either one. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> um, probably every one of his stories involve beer and fighting. Um, it's a good lineup. Christina Pazitsky is doing one. I think the fighting. Um, anyway, that's in Austin. And then May 3rd, I have my going away party. My going away uh, show at the Improv. Oh, yeah? In Hollywood, May 3rd. Is that a storytelling show? No, just a regular stand-up show. I'm going to do some stuff all the special. Some new stuff. 
Christina's doing that too. Kevin Christie's hosting, and, th- and then I think Bill Burr and uh, Rogan are doing it too. May third. So even though you're already here, well, I'm going back there for a week for one more game. One more shit. One more game for Sean Kemp's kids. <laughs> I got to score at least two. I'm going to put up a three pointer. I'm going to put up at least one three. We're actually missing the game tonight because we're here. Oh yeah, I wonder if we won. Well, it's tonight, dude. We got blown away by the comedy store. <laughs> they put up a they put up a 27 point run on us. Mm-hmm. But we did break the sex barrier. We had Sarah Silverman play on our team. Oh, yeah. I didn't mention that. We had Sarah Silverman play on our team with... In jean shorts. <laughs> That's right. People on the other team, the agency, were like, who should guard her? I'm like, I don't know. You better not guard her too hard. It's part of our plan. Yeah. <laughs> Agents put the money first. <laughs> Just give us your 10%. Guard us. Yeah, we had to play a 2-3. It was the first time we played a zone defense. Mm-hmm. I think ever. Yeah, we had to protect. We had no height. You were our tallest guy. Yeah, I was. And then I got May 9th at the uh, at Stand Up Live in Phoenix with Joey Diaz. Oh, nice. Yeah. And May 18th, I'm, at the, um, I'm in Columbus at Rock on the Range or something. I'm going to see Soundgarden and Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, no way. Yeah, Big J's doing it. Florentine's doing it. Oh, Should that's cool. Florentine right up his alley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Who else? Buck Cherry. There you go. Yeah. Some other bands I didn't care about. But some cool ones too that I can't remember. Faster Pussycat. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Kicks. What is Kicks? I think Onyx is playing in Rex and Effects. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing the side stage. Slam. I forgot how that song goes. Um, the Bullet Boys. What is that? This is all 80s. My, f- my first concert music. was Cinderella Winger and the Bullet Boys. Really? Smooth up in you. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. no. I don't remember that. Oh, <laughs> uh, so. All right, uh, so let's start the episode. Oh, let's fuck, do it. 15 minutes. Before Ari gets kicked out of his apartment. I can't believe this is going to be a major problem. Where am I going to record podcasts? Outside on the street with homeless people? In the park? There's, there's houses on the other side. Well, it's a good thing we found out before we painted this room. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shapiro, Skeptic Tank. Also, check out Pod, uh, Paul's podcast, Alley Podcast. I was on the second episode, right? Yeah, a couple. We made it a two-parter. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, he's got Jerry Bednob from 40-Year-Old Virgin. And Barris Jerry. wants to do it. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to have him on? Had Larry Miller, Jim Gaffigan coming up. Oh, nice. Lots of good ones. Um, all right. So, yeah, check it out. Alley Podcast on iTunes. So, Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank, episode, I have no idea, maybe 111. Holy cow. Maybe. You do work. What do you mean? That's a lot of episodes. Oh, yeah, it is. Can't say you're lazy. I mean, I'm doing it from my bedroom. So you can still sort of say you're lazy. But we're standing up. Yeah, we are standing up away from the bedroom. Because there's no chairs. Dude, I really got to figure that out. I like to listen to music when I go to sleep. Can I listen to music anymore? Yeah, that was a reasonable volume. What am I supposed to do? Just have a fight for a year? I don't know. We'll have to figure out who that is. Once he figures out that I sleep late, he's going to get back at me. Like banging first thing in the morning. No, there's enough noise here in the morning. Don't worry about that. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> Skeptic Tank number 111. What should I call it? It's about being in the closet or coming out of the closet. What should I call it? I'll pause for a second. Most of this topic, by the way, we barely got to. And then it was like, it was like 10, 15 minutes of talk about the topic. And then the rest was just other stuff around that. Well, no, we mostly got to it. Maybe 40 minutes. Um... The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? 
And the gay guy. And the gay guy. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, and the homo. The lion that... Wait, wait. Oh, Deep. wait. What about instead of the lion or the witch? Um, we get... We change that with a gay reference. And then wardrobe, we leave. The lion, the twink. No, and the wardrobe. That's, <laughs> that's a little much. The lion, the, the bear. The lion, the, the bear, the, the bear, the witch, and the wardrobe. No, but he's not a bear. But we have to get two things. I feel bad. He didn't even come out to me, so I'm a ma- I can't He's out. Make, He's out. Can't make these gay slurs in the it's not, title. It's not slow. Well, all right, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. The Lion, the Witch, and the Credenza. No, I don't know. Fuck. Hang on. Pause again. I not think of anything. It's so fucking stupid. That's a great suggestion. Something about Judy Garland. Let's just call it that. Why? Something about why Judy Garland. Why I love the why gay guys love the Wizard of Oz so much. No, that's not. That's a totally misleading topic. That's not about. That. It, I'm wondering that though. though. Oh, why do they? Love, oh, yeah. I don't know. Why do they love it so much? They love the Wizard of Oz. And specifically, Judy Garland. Dorothy, they love. Yeah. Hmm. Well. So we just kind of coming out of the closet. Yeah, I don't like saying anything bad about gay people. I think they're great. So Ugh. this is all you. Have you seen the way they have sex? It's disgusting. <laughs> Only over and over again. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, episode 111, coming out of the closet, or in the closet. Fuck! The, the closet, how about just that? The closet. Yeah, it'll do that. The closet with Chip Pope. All right, enjoy. <laughs> Beatles. Hey, you've got to hide your love away. You've got to hide your love away um, When's the last time you were here? How often do you come here? Are you ever here at the store? Uh, not that often I'm supposed to be here on uh, March 30th, I think To do Sean Polofsky's show uh, which that, yeah. that should be fun oh, I thought that passed I saw but. the billboards in the back Billboards, posters, whatever they are It passed like what? Intestinally, like how? No, I thought they. She already did it. I thought they just. Oh, left it up. I think they do it every month. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be fun. She has. She's yeah. like a crowd for cool. shows. I'd imagine. Yeah, they go kind of gay it up. <laughs> you perform for gay audiences ever? Oh yeah, yeah. How are they? All the time. They always are like real cool or just horrible. It depends. It's crazy because it's like the inverse of. There, there's like four reactions. I always say there's like four reactions, which yeah. is straight girls and their reaction is oh my god be my best friend forever you're amazing let's eat ice cream and yay i always wanted a gay best friend you know that's their reaction to gay comedy then you have straight guys which is like uh how how long are you going to talk about this because like i'm already watching glee because of this bitch anyway that brought me to this show blah 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 yeah and then there's like gay guys and their reaction is just like well i'm funnier than you motherfucker yeah because you know, I had to develop my wit early to deal with the shit that life gives me. So why should I laugh at your shit? Yeah, that's the kind I see. Yeah. And then there's like the reaction of lesbians, which is just like not to laugh at anything ever. Not so. to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In history. Well, they have a gay benefit somewhere for like, they did angel or something, angel food or I don't know, whatever it was called. Uh-huh. Something like food bank. Right, yeah, that's sorry, the Angel Food Project. Yeah, those are always good crowds. Uh-huh. Because they're, they're like being nice, nice gays. 
Like, right, like, right. Many of your, like the Black Knight here. The like A-list better blacks. Yeah. But when it's at a bar or something, that's when I always get the, like, I'm funnier than you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. And it's, it, it's just, it's the hardest from gay, gay men. It's interesting. They turn because, to each other and laugh, like, and you know they're laughing at you. Yeah. I'm like, shut up. But those shows are also great. Those shows are great for female comics. It's like the inverse oh, of, yeah. a, of a, like, a regular comedy club atmosphere. Because just like every female that goes on is going to get like huge laughs pretty much from a gay male audience. Yeah. Whereas there's more of a, uh, I don't know, because I think like most gay guys grow up and it's kind of like the, the added, you know, mommy love me, you know. That's why they <laughs> I made mommy laugh. Comics. Mommy love me, you know, is kind of thing. And so I think they're more open to female comedians. You don't feel, but I mean, they don't feel like females are trying to like hurt them. Yeah, yeah. It's like represents a female that they have a lot in common with, and you know, uh, the female comedy is more uh, accessible, I guess, to I guess. to gay men. It's very. But they weird. really love it when you think about a lot of the comedians that are big in the, the gay, gay world, Margaret but Cho, not so, the redhead. Yeah. And you, the redhead, <laughs> Kathy Griffin, Kathy Griffin, yeah, <laughs> the redhead, but like, yeah, or just you know, Judy Tenuta. I mean, they'll keep the ones alive Judy that Tenuta have not been around shows. for you know yeah. that you haven't really thought about for a while. <laughs> not just, that they're bad comedians, but it's always just like Judy Tenuta is going to be doing Pride, or you know, who else? Julie Brown, you know, like people that oh, yeah, are Brown's that are. Too. I think I saw her at Pride one year. Yeah, <laughs> I think she was down there. <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't make them any like less than. I mean, they're funny women, but it's just funny how it, you know they can play like kind of like I guess it's like the gay chitlin circuit or yeah, something. Yeah, that's what if it is. If you're, if you're, if you're like or... older women, that, that are, that the are funny. Circuit was weird. It was like there's just this black these black clubs across the country that you'll you'll never hear of any of them. Yeah, and isn't all it crazy. It still exists. Yeah. That's how a lot of, I guess a lot of people start that way, like Monique, and I guess uh-huh. there have been like recent people, like There's, maybe that's how Tyler, maybe like, I feel like Tyler Perry, like his whole, his plays and everything were on that, like a, like a theater chitlin circuit. Dude, there is nothing funnier than commercials for black theater. <laughs> you ever hear <laughs> Oh, those? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, almost always radio. Late night, late yeah. Night, yeah. <laughs> like, your arms Ma- are- Mama's place. It's hilarious. <laughs> and then you hear a little clip from it. Like, girl, don't get me started. <laughs> the Detroit Business Journal says, your weird. arms are too short to box with God. <laughs> it's a hit. weird magazine you've never heard of. Or all the quotes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It seems like parties all the time. But also just horrible. Uh-huh. Those, just, those plays, those black plays. I don't know. I mean, I don't go to a lot of plays in general. So. They had the, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't just know hear about them on, on the radio. Especially in D.C. was like a lot of black uh-huh. culture. They always had them there. It's interesting. I don't know. It's, it's interesting black culture. I don't know. Wait, where are you from again? You're from Maryland. Maryland. Washington, D.C. So a lot area. of black culture there. Yeah, I guess so. In DC, we never came in near D.C., I guess, but in the city. But. Yeah. I don't know. DC it's interesting to go to a place like Minneapolis or something where like there's not... Yeah, where it's like more integrated I don't know I always think about it a lot because I, I love Prince but it's just like so when I went to visit Minneapolis it was interesting how the culture just kind of intersects and you kind of feel how Prince you know that kind of music came out where it's like it's no big thing to have like a black guy that plays oh, rock right. and roll whereas the rest of the country would be like what why is that black guy playing rock and roll 
but in San Francisco, like Sliana Family Stone came out of, or like Minneapolis or something like that, towns where people are kind of open to it, I guess. But they don't is, care. I've noticed yeah. that the more I tour, the more I notice like racism is different in different parts of the country. Yeah, yeah. Not even like all the South, but like, like I found like North Carolina, there's like so many interracial couples and nobody cares. Uh huh. Which I would think would be the opposite. Yeah, right. But then in places like here, it seems more like people take note of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I guess it's also different. Well, you always just see, you know, like Asian girls and white guys around Westwood, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, I don't that's count like, that as interracial. That's more of a thing. You don't think that? <laughs> no. That's just, Plus, that's, that's, just, that's Westwood. That's just regular. Like 30% Asian. <laughs> like they're going to find some white dudes. But it's there. never like, you know, a big blonde girl with big tits and then like a little Asian guy I mean you, you don't see, it doesn't go that way no. it seems like you know. it only goes certain directions I said the rarest of all is black girl Asian dude yeah wait how's that work I don't <laughs> it just doesn't say I've never seen it I don't know if there's it's gotta be existed. one case there's gotta be one right small Asian girl small Asian guy big black dude big black girl I mean yeah, maybe Ken Jong. I don't know what is what's his wife like. <laughs> I think he got married when he's still a doctor. <laughs> so oh, he's okay. Still like having that kind of draw hmm. in terms of women. Interesting. Yeah. So have you? Uh, all right. How often are you here? Do you ever come at the patio of the comedy store? Uh, at the store in general. Not that often. Just just every once in a while. It's really not like where I come to do stuff. But I. Where do you go I mean, I don't have any kind of like bias against it I've just yeah. never like tried to get in really over here that's what Swartzman you know? always said like so. Duncan when Duncan was a talent coordinator he's like hey how come you don't come over there he goes eh sunset it's traffic that's it. <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's the only reason I mean the thing is like I could come here more because I can just walk here from my house but I don't know and I've never played at the Laugh Factory which is weird Ever? which is just like half a block from my house yeah I've just wow. never tried to get in like I've played at the Laugh Factory down in like Long Beach but it's weird how I've never like played at the one right by my house. I knew what it I'm was. I'm more like too. an improv type guy. You, you, know? you go to UCB a lot too. Yeah, UCB improv, uh, and then rooms. like the coffee shops. Akbar, though, you're talking about gay shows. That's a real good show. Bruce Daniels show at Akbar on Tuesday night. Where's Akbar? Every on Tuesday, there? it's down in Silver Lake. It's like on Sunset and uh, Sunset and. Um, uh, where that weird intersection is from MC Escher, like Sunset and the Vista Theater, and oh yeah, like Fountain, where they all come together. Five streets I'm always getting confused there. I'm like switching <laughs> lanes at the last minute, and I'm like, oh no, it's fine. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> but you're here probably like every night almost, huh? Yeah, or a lot like of a nights. Clubhouse for me. Yeah. Hey, even if I'm somewhere else, I just roll by here for the last like hour and a half of the night, just socialize. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's yeah. good to have a base like that. Yeah, it really saved me when I moved out here. Uh-huh. When you had no friends. When did you move out here? 2000. 2000. Yeah. Was uh, Oshak still working here at the... Yeah, he uh, was the MC. Yeah, he was the MC. He was the, okay. usually, he was the first like, professional Oshak. comedian I saw. Yeah. You know, and it's just like consistently. So, man, we all looked up to him. Yeah, oh, I love that guy. I mean, I haven't talked to him in years, but he... Because he started out in Austin, or one of the places he started really? out. Yeah, he oh, went yeah, to school at UT, so he was there for about two years, and it was just always like, "Who is this Letterman-y guy with the great jokes?" You know, he was just, Letterman-y. Just, he would do like these crazy. <laughs> just he was just such a great. He would do he was this such thing a, like, about hillbilly. Yeah, yeah, like a nice he would, hillbilly. He'd be like, uh, one of his jokes was like, "My, my uh, roommates." Uh, 
this is like my roommate's girlfriend was over and uh you know i thought she was hitting on me because she was just like hey sport hey how's it going slugger i like how you're looking all-star and then i realized she was just reading my pajamas (laughs) 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 i just thought that was like the stupidest joke but it's just like what like i don't know It, it was I don't know. I started comedy at a different time when it was just most people were just kind of hacky, oh, doing really? the same kind of thing, road kind of stuff. Austin? Yeah, like when I was in college. So it was like, whenever somebody was different or unique, you'd always notice it, it especially really if they were like Bob Osha. You know, we were all around like the same age. So it's like you're 23, 24, and you're like, whoa, who's this guy? Yeah, when Mac Lindsay started coming around from Austin, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was always but like, he's whoa. He's like one of those angry, or he was. he was. I don't know. Is he still? He learned or? how to focus it not towards the other people in the room, uh huh, and more towards like someone he's thought of before. You oh, know, okay. like he'd be angry at Oprah, nobody cares. But if he's like, "You fucking idiots, you're all here <laughs> looking at an art form that's dying," it's like this isn't gonna endear you to them in any way. <laughs> I always thought, yeah, when he started, I was always like, "But you know, you're, I would just say to him like, you're like a care bearer that's like yelling at people. I mean, you know, because he is so like young and like." Cute he is a nice and, guy. Yeah, and so it was just, I never, I'm not sure if I But then he started getting neck tattoos. It. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen him in a long time either, so. Yeah, he moved back to Austin, I think. Or Dallas, I think Austin. Right on, right on. You ever go back there? Ah, uh, reminiscing. Uh, yeah, I was just in Austin about a month ago or two months ago. So it's great there now. I mean, when I started there, it was like, there's your two clubs, and then maybe a coffee house would have like an open mic or something. But now there's like so many places to do comedy really? every night. Yeah, and it's because of the internet, you know. Because I was thinking, like, what do you mean? When when I was coming up, you everybody, uh, you, you you most of the people at the comedy club were just kind of road hacks, and they'd come in and do their set, and it was just like everybody else, and you weren't really excited Boring. to work with them. Yeah. But every every six weeks or so, someone would come in, uh, like. Maria Bam, uh, well, not Maria Bamford. That, this is way before that. Somebody would come in, like Andy Kindler uh-huh. or um, Tom Rhodes, to Cap or, City some, or something. Yeah, to uh-huh. Cap City. Somebody that was off the beaten path and, and didn't see, wasn't like, like oh. everybody else. Mitch Hedberg, and you could go, oh, okay. Well, that that's the kind of comedy that I like, and you know, you would just never get to see it. You see, it's you'd possible have to, to like, see them. Yeah, you'd but have to Tom go Rose out there. Yeah, and so you'd have to go out there and. Uh, you know it was like a destination type thing and now the kids that are comics yeah. if you like Patton Oswalt you don't have to wait for him to come to your town oh, you yeah. can just look at you listen to a podcast or look at his Twitter or um, you know YouTube. you just watch all the stand up watch all the stand up online and so you cultivate a better sense of humor and that's why I think the comics that come out now that are 20 or 21 yeah. they have their shit together yeah, a lot the- earlier they know what's funny to them a lot earlier. I think the game's about to improve like so dramatically. Oh yeah, I, it definitely already has. Like in Austin, I mean, I'm just stunned. There's a lot of people that now a lot of the comedy sometimes it doesn't seem like they're willing to take chances. It seems like a lot of the comedy that they're doing is very homogenized. Yeah, you know, like the same kind well, of subjects, the same kind of jokes, but their level of proficiency is just like. Just way above what it was when we started. Taylor said, David Taylor said, like, when everybody starts, they're just trying to do an impression of a stand up comedian. Yeah, like, you yeah. You don't really know what that is. Just, yeah, they have to find their voice. Yeah. yeah. So I remember doing, like, Lewinsky jokes. 
<laughs> and like, I guess you're supposed to talk about Monica. I don't care at all, but I guess it's what you're supposed to talk about. Come right, on. right. And now, I guess with the the rise of uh, comedy of alternative type comedy, you know, like Mark Maron or. Mm-hmm. And you could be like, oh, that's Patton or Maria Bamford. Yeah, people are just encouraged to do to try and find their own thing. A lot of skateboarding as they made more started making videos of skateboarding, and those started going around. Like people would make it like land some crazy trick that no one's been able to land. Right. And then within like five months, all the fourteen year olds at Hollywood High can do it. Yeah, just yeah. Because they see, they can watch it over and over again and see how it's done, and like, oh, cool. Now we'll move on from there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just things just accelerate a lot more quickly. And and because of that, now in Austin, the guy who runs the Velveeta Room was telling me how that place is cool. When we started, yeah, I love that place. Yeah. But when we started, there was like um, forty comedians or whatever that he used to have to deal with. You know, it's like ten years ago. There'd be like 40, 50 comedians that you know wanted spots or wanted to come and do a headlining weekend or something and it was pretty easy because you knew the ones that there was like 15 of them that were good and could do it and the rest were just kind of training to get into that spot someday but now he said that there's like 250 people that he that are asking him for sets or that you have to choose from and so it's just like exploded there you know what i found which is kind of annoying that it's become sort of cooler to do stand-up comedy so I see a lot of like attractive, the new, like the last, the people who started like five years ago or less are like good looking and they weren't yeah. the nerds. Oh yeah, yeah. They were actually like winners in high school. Oh yeah, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no angst, there's no malaise, it's just. <sighs> it's like when all the Harvard, to me it's like a thing, because I'm from Texas and just kind of like no, I had no show business connections, no nothing. Uh-huh. And so it was just kind of like. Whenever I see like someone, you know, it's like they have all the people from Harvard that are doing the Harvard Writers Roundtable and this kind of thing, and you're just like, it, you can try and cure cancer. It's like yeah, why, why do you, unless writing? you have to do comedy, yeah. don't do it. It's not. It, it it reminds me of like the comedy boom in the '80s or whatever, where it was like, oh, I could do comedy, I could make money at it. It's like, but it's you <laughs> your can't. mind is better than this. Yeah, do exactly. If I could have gone to Harvard. I would have, and I wouldn't be doing <laughs> comedy. Yeah. If I could program, if I could write computer code, I would not be fucking doing this. I'll just be with the funniest guy at the computer place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to like. I mean, some a lot of them are funny, of course, but it's just like, uh, what are you? What are you going to do? Just seems I mean, entitled. Yeah. Just like <laughs> leave, let me have my little piece. <laughs> I know. Jeff Keith was telling me about some girl that he knows so he was dating or something and she was in some sketch group and she was mad at she's really hot like an attractive like model hot right and there was some like chubby girl um, sort of plain like every sketch group has uh-huh. and she was getting laughs off being fat you know, right like, right like acting out and this this attractive model that he was dating was like it's not fair she's only getting laughed off her looks it's totally not fair it's just because she looks like that and Jeff Keith was like eh, don't Let's not complain about that you got the raw <laughs> yeah. deal on looks. Think of how, yeah. It's, you just think of how much other stuff you get. Yeah, that girl looks at you 20 times out of 21 and says, you, you unfairly, you got it. Yeah. Well, I always think, like, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I'm moderately attractive, and so, but, I'm not, but not enough to where it's like a hindrance, you know? Yeah. For some people. So Jesus. I've always thought, would I rather have 
my career of just kind of mid-level success or would I rather be like one of those like people that is not as good looking and that have great success would and you the, trade two points and I wouldn't you would not trade two points <laughs> no because those lives are you know more I mean maybe in 10 years I will but. what do you think you are <laughs> yeah. you're in Hollywood because Justin Martinell always says this we're in Dallas and he, he hooked up with some guy he goes he was like oh he was disgusting I was like that guy's fine he goes that's a two in Los Angeles <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so hard. You do get kind of spoiled. That's true. Yeah. What are you? You're but like a, but you're everybody, like, what like are you? all these guys, like in uh, Texas, though, it's funny how you go back home and they're still like mostly on the on the on the DL and stuff. Like people you talk to online are just like cheating on their wives and shit. It still with, is with like a guys? big deal, and yeah, it still would be like a big deal in the panhandle to be like out and gay. Oh, I'm just a gay guy. It still is not very really. Op- yeah, to like the depiction of it on TV, I think moves about three times faster than it does in real life, if not even faster. At least I just from personal experience from the small town I'm from. Yeah, it's just like one of those things that. Nobody talks about. Did they know you're you, gay? You there? get online, yeah, but okay. you get online and talk to guys, and they're all just like you can tell immediately when they're like cheating on your wives and shit like that. And like ten years ago, I wouldn't care, but now I just get to where like, oh, no thanks. You know, I just don't want to get like involved and in with someone who's trying like to hide that. everything. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why my opinion on it has changed though but <laughs> what do you think is it because you're here where it's so open that like yeah i, I guess don't have so time for this crap yeah to where it's just like i just feel sorry for your wife you know uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah just, it's just that like too. just just like be who you are and don't you know you don't have to she you know you want to be like you should like leave would your wife want to read this email that uh-huh. you know this this message that you're sending me would your wife want to know that you just want to get a get it out the butt <laughs> it's like probably not <laughs> that's gotta be a whole other thing to deal with if you're some woman it's like my boyfriend's my husband's cheating on me and you're like oh and hey and what's going on yeah oh that's a lot more to wrap my head around yeah because it happens up there um is that why uh this is what i what we were talking about but is that why you stayed in the closet for a while that was like a big reason it, it was weird upbringing? because it was like yeah, I don't know. Like when I think about it, it's, it's a strange thing because you're definitely it's it it was it would it definitely would have been different if I was in a city, you know. If you grew up in New York or somewhere or in a big metropolitan area, it's not it wasn't it's such a big deal. Yeah. yeah, you just come out, you're like I'm gay. But you know where I come from, it's it's a small town of you know eighteen thousand people. Okay, just. You know, I think like one of the English teachers was gay, but it's like nobody ever really talked, talked about, about it. it. You know, I think maybe he lived with his boyfriend or something, but it wasn't anything that you would, you know, you kind of knew. I mean, just like just like you know, anywhere you know when someone's gay or at least seems gay, or you know, you have that you suspect it. Yeah. But I don't know. But it's just like. Yeah, that's probably why it was like a harder you were thing from there. And, and took a longer time. But even like in the early 2000, you know, even like 12, 13 years ago, when I would go out with a girl, I would tell her that I like guys. I would tell her, oh, really? you know, yeah, that I'm like, I identify, I'm like 90% gay. If you want to pursue this, okay. But, you know, at some point, I will want to have sex with a guy, you know? Yeah. And so, would you? And you that? Would you, would you do that? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and 
but that's just because the girl, you know, and I'm sure not not all women would be open with to that. But the the girls that I went out with were cool to that. Yeah. But but then it was also one of those things what? where I was just like, you know, this girl is so cool with this or whatever. But I know that I'm like ninety percent. You know, I know that I'm like that. It's not ultimately. You know, I'm not going to want to have kids. I'm not going to. You know, and women there they they get to a certain age and they they want to have that. kids and they not, I mean not all of them but usually they don't want to fuck around they don't want you to be fucking with them so it's like you just have to acknowledge that you know it's best for everybody if if we just if I just you know it took me a long time to be like I just need to see women as friends you know what you, what I, you, I don't you know why it to took so long this idea that you're supposed to try to date them yeah in a way too yeah cause I didn't even, I didn't come out to my parents like I came out to my mom but not as like gay I came out as you know I, I like guys too kind of thing when I Dr. pretty Drew early says, on when I was Dr. like Drew 20 that's, um, that's just sexual immaturity yeah probably yeah like when I was like 21 for attention or you're not accepting that you're all the way that way exactly it is kind of the bus station to gay, you know. Yeah. But but like uh, to the gay bus. But I. But then I, uh, when I was, I didn't come out to my parents until I was like in my early thirties, because I, you know, uh, to my uh, dad and my stepmom, because my stepmom, they're like super religious. I thought they were yeah. really gonna have a problem with it, but my stepmom did not have a problem with it. She's really? very supportive, and now I real, you know, and I realize it's because she's like you know super catholic and i'm like well of course i mean everybody she's hanging out with are just guys in dresses oh. you know <laughs> they yeah. probably diddled some kid or they probably are closet gays Every and so she's gonna with. be cool with it because i remember when i was like 12 we there was a new priest that came to town and we helped him move his solo flex machine <laughs> into the rectory sounds gay but it it was just like you know and now I go why do the priest a priest doesn't have to be buff it's like who's he is he like getting ripped for God you know like why does a priest need a solo flex machine you want your priest to be kind of doughy and asexual and you know so now so I think back on certain things and go huh what was going on there you know yeah I look back on certain things with like new knowledge of the world Uh you know to look back on things when I was 12, 15 you know, 18 and going, oh, okay. I know exactly what was happening. I had no idea before. Yeah, Like, yeah. that guy was cheating with that guy's wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, these two people were gay. That's why. It's just like, you can see it all clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why does it... it the, that's the horrible thing about human development is why it takes so long. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some people, it doesn't take long at all. Some people, I feel like they're just fully gay immediately, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they just like, know it's it. It's obvious. It's time for you and to it, Especially now, I kind of envy it now because like kids that are like sixteen, seventeen, they just know. They just come. They're just like, okay, yeah, yeah. Did you hear about that family you know, that's I'm raising gay. their kid is transgendered? Uh, the little kid the that's little, like, like five or six yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, and I still I don't know how I feel about that exactly. It's going to sound like hypocritical, but it's I just don't think you know before you can even have sex in a way. Yeah, it's you have like to you hit puberty. They said that she but, was complaining. The kid was complaining about she wanted to wear dresses and she was complaining about having to wear pants and a shirt uh-huh. like constantly uh, and feeling bad and talking about wanting to get cut she yeah. was saying like she heard about surgery and she's like I oh want that oh my god that's so and crazy and they let her put dresses on and she stopped complaining they said her spirits lifted oh wow well that's cool it's a tough decision I mean, to be like All yeah right. 
Well, because that's the thing. You just then you grow up without- when, when you're a kid almost before you're like. 11 or 12 I don't know what it's like for everybody but it's like you see your brother naked you know what I mean you like yeah. you don't necessarily mess around with your siblings but you know what you know you have your thing and you, you it's before you know you what they you have a, you have your, your dick yeah okay. <laughs> you have like I'll show you yours you show you my I'll show you mine you know you show me yours I'll show you mine and it doesn't it's it, but it's not sex it's just like you're figuring it out curiosity you don't really really figure it out until like you're in puberty so that's why I think it's kind of interesting that, I yeah. don't know, maybe people can decide early like that. I don't know. We had a guy in my high school named Ethan something, and he was, but it was all Jewish and religious. So it was just like, it was just a standard that no, nobody here is gay. Like, that's obvious. Right. No one's here is gay. But then this guy Ethan's look seeming all gay, and people said, I heard he's gay. And you're like, don't be ridiculous. He's fine. I've talked to that guy. <laughs> right. And I just imagine how hard, he came out of the closet in college. But like, it must have been so hard. When people oh, yeah, like, yeah. People say you're gay, but I know you're cool. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. And, like, that's that's your only option, yeah. gay or cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so, like, I don't know. I, I've, I've always thought they should make that when people, you know, people always go on about when people call something gay or whatever. But, like, if people just took the power, like, Away to use that. that phrase and say, like, I just passed my driving test. That's so gay. If you, if you apply that it. to positive things, it could change the way that people think about that kind of thing. Yeah, it's never positive stuff. So you came out but, here and you were still in the closet mostly? No, no. I Because I had gone out with guys in Austin and everything. Okay. But when I came out, there was just, uh, you know, there was one girl that I really, really liked. And it was just kind of like, I don't know. She was I'll super give this cute. A shot. That was the only reason people thought like, oh, after, he seems only, gay, but he's dating her. But even more, I mean, but she's just a great person too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like one of those things where you just try to, you, like, you know, it's not going to end well and that it's wrong, but you just like want, when you want something to be, you know? To work regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody I think has relationships, like most of the time people have that with the re- the relationship of the gender that they're most attracted to, but but you know yeah. I think it's I think that with girls that cheat on me or act well that's mostly it, but I'm assuming it's the same as like guys who beat their wives. Uh-huh. The wives like well most of the time he's really great, so I just want to ignore that little like I can't that just be different? Can't right, just right. Can I or sleeping with my <laughs> friends? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it sucks and because people are people are complicated and every no nobody's just either good or bad. You know, everybody yeah. has. Uh, yeah, there's no black I, and white. Yeah, and you just like, except for on the Chitlin circuit. But you just get <laughs> to where you're comfortable with how you are. So it's like I haven't gone out with anybody in a long time because I know that like there, girl? there's you know guys or I mean I wouldn't go out with a girl again. I know like as a like a relationship because if it wasn't gonna work, if it wasn't gonna work with the girl that I was going out with. Yeah. It, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work with anybody else. You know, it was one of those things. Why did you want to go? Where it's out like with girls? if it doesn't work out with this girl, it's not gonna work out with any girl. And also, I like guys more. Oh, right. <laughs> so it's kind of like why were you, you know, trying but, to go out with girls? I want. I, it was just. I don't know. I, I mean, it wasn't even like like I was like actively trying to. It was just like the more I think about it, I just think it was that person. And so... What? Just her? Yeah. And so it was just kind of like... the comedian? We're talking about the same person? Because there's... Yeah. Because there's there's never been anything like that before or since. But 
but one thing I also learned from that is like I don't like going out with other people that are in show business because you get uh, there's like a jealousy that comes up and some people are evolved and can handle it and everything but yeah. and I'm not like a super jealous type like it's weird I'm more jealous about I would be more jealous about finding out that somebody you know I was with got like a deal somewhere like I'd be more jealous of the show business than I would if I found out like they cheated on me or something it's like a weird thing it's like if they cheated on me I'd be like oh well you know what I just monogamy is for swans I mean fuck it (laughs) people want to but you found out they got some development you know, deal you're trying to get. Yeah, but like, if oh. yeah, but if they did that, but if they got something, you know, I'd be like, ah, you know. <laughs> it is weird. It does become like, competitive. Yeah, and you do that sometimes. And I find myself before, like somebody said, "Well, I got this thing and whatever," and, it, and immediately, you know, you you, you think what, uh, uh, and then you're like, congratulations. But then you're like, the first thought sometimes you get, and it's not, it, it, you don't want it to be your first you can't thought. Control it. It's like. God, why did they get that? And then you remember like, oh, I got that. Like, I already did that. <laughs> you know, sometimes oh, yeah. you're even like, oh, I already did that thing. What do I care? You know? So. I remember getting, uh, I was dating Natasha Legero and she yeah. got invited to Lulu's Beehive to perform. Uh-huh. At, 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 at just room. <laughs> that set you off? Yeah. I was like, how come I can't get in there? What the fuck? I was so it's mad about it. It's just crazy. It hurt for nothing. It's Only so crazy. Only because I'm with, yeah. I had to face it, I guess, that I'm not in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just so stuff like that. That's why I can't, you know. I don't. So did you tell? Like her? I bear, I have not messed around. Very seldomly have I ever messed around with any other comics since like you know, a long time ago. So That's it's just really? like, yeah. I mean, every once in a while it'll happen, but it's not like. But I definitely don't ever want it to lead anywhere. Yeah, I'm, just like, I'm okay with just hooking just up with bad. somebody here or there. Yeah, but it's like I'll see you around, right? Are you cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it gets. But I imagine it's the same, you know, it's the same in any kind of office environment. You know, oh, if you're, if you're screwing your boss, it's going to get tricky. So, oh. <laughs> or your or employee, you know. Um, did you tell her that you were most 90% dudes? Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was okay with it? Yeah. Why? Did she really like you? <laughs> was she trying to yeah. fool herself? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I guess I guess she did, you know. And so it's just one of those things. But also she's like very open minded, you know, liberal and you know. So she's like went I to a liberal college okay. and yeah, exactly. Would you guys bone so, a lot? Yeah. Once in a while? <laughs> I mean for anybody who I don't know how like much I should get into it, you know, because I don't know I mean I don't know what uh, you know, you don't always know we won't say her name. She'll be fine. I know, but you don't know, like, their take on it. Oh, right. Completely. Like, you suspect that you know what their take is, but it could just be in a total different way. I did a podcast with Doug Benson. Different and, way. And about girls we'll never get over. Uh-huh. And that was his. Really? Yeah. See? Yeah, man. She was, she's just really great. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't get to know her that way. Well. But you know, but I, it's so like happy for you know she's married now and uh-huh. to a really good guy for her and just like um, you know just I don't know just Wait, one of what, those so what, amazing people. So would you ever have sex? Like how often? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Once a month, once a week. Uh, just like it was weird because it's like a breakdown in in most relationships. It's just like a lot to begin with, and then to deal you with. know you deal with yeah. however it comes after that. After you're over the period of infatuation, and you're like busy with this or that, or you know, you know, like just other shit comes into it too. And you were sleeping with dudes the whole time too. 
not the whole time but that was the thing too it was like i would tell i told her when i was or wanted to you know and then one time i i didn't tell her and then when then i couldn't deal with the guilt i told her and she got really pissed off which is totally understandable Yeah, yeah exactly so it wasn't like the the act of it it was just like the dishonesty and like and people people are like that in general i think people you know so maybe i'm that way too it's not about the screwing around it's just like the dishonesty so yeah i feel like every couple has their lines has their like things it's uh-huh. like we go out every thursday or whatever it is and if you don't if you go out with someone else on thursday then you're like that was our special day Right. If you don't have that in the first place, then it's like, yeah, go out on Thursday. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. whatever the rules are, it's violations. Yeah, you just, and that's the thing, too, is like, and beca- when you're a comedian, too, there's stuff that's so, like, buried deep in you, usually. Yeah. Most people don't come to comedy from the place of just, like, well, I want to entertain people and I'm going to make them laugh. I mean, there's, like, deep shit that they're dealing with, and even the person with the most kind of facile material that doesn't seem like it's dealing with anything just by virtue that they're on stage there's something that they're trying to work out there's something that they're unhappy about Fleischer said that when he's on stage is the only time he doesn't feel pain yeah and so yeah and some people are like that and like there are you know and you know music is the same kind of way Mm -hmm. too people feel like they have that that that's the only time that they're really happy is when they're on stage like performing and they have like serious shit that that was going on in their lives you know and so and but some people don't have that you know there are some people that do comedy that you know that are in comedy that don't seem to have that exactly they might have variations on it but you know i think this girl i went out with she didn't really have that like she she just yeah she you know um just from what I know, like there was never any kind of it mention mention of anything like that. Yeah, just yeah. a person who is truly um, guileless and just wants you to to be happy and was happy to make other people happy. What? Yeah, yeah. And I, Theo was know. on stage here last night, and he was talking to some guy in the crowd. So uh-huh. He was talking about. It. I saw him last night. <laughs> That's why. right, right. But. uh he was like, how are you doing, sir? And the guy was like, good, I'm really good. He goes, why are you so happy? He goes, I'm at a comedy club. And <laughs> Theo's like, man, I haven't thought about it like that in a long time. It's so true. <laughs> you guys come here for a great night <laughs> yeah. out. We're coming here to like vent these horrible thoughts. Yeah, you get wrapped up in everything else. And like, you, yeah, you don't realize. I, I saw something this the other day where it was just like, year. I can't remember what I saw, but it, it was just people talking about how hostile the audiences can be but i always just think the opposite i always just think they're there because they want to be entertained and you know here it's hard though because sometimes you know everybody almost everybody in the audience wishes they could be on stage or or they 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 have some dream that didn't quite make it you know it's it's so that's that's the difference too when you go to a place like Austin the the audience is just the audience they're, they're like computer programmers them. they're baristas they're whatever they are and so there's I mean, not a lot a of people like god i wish i was doing comedy right now you know yeah. so i mean i feel like in los angeles it's it's a little bit harder because the 
audiences are a little, have, have a way higher percentage of it anyway. Yeah, they have a little bit there. of a chip on their shoulder, and you, you know. ever get somebody in the front row looking at you, and then if you say like, "Hey, what's what's going on?" and they tell you they just they want to be a comedian. <laughs> no, no, that's never it happened. happens here all the time. Oh yeah, and I want to be like study from the back. You're in the front row by yourself. Get at, you're being part of it. Go to the back and take your notes. Oh my god, they don't know. Wait, so back then you 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 were telling all your friends that you were gay? Yeah, I mean, you know, people knew. Yeah, I thought Isn't that crazy. It's, it's sort of we assumed you it were, just, I, but then it was like, but he's dating her, so I know, that's a right? sign that he's it's not. Weird. I don't know. It was a weird thing because when I had left Austin, like the, I. I like I moved out here basically it, it's a whole nother long story but I moved out here like with a with a guy basically essentially that was just had like you know daddy issues and I, I was Framer? Like, but I was like, no not Howard <laughs> no <laughs> Howard's a hundred percent straight but uh, he, and, I, and, I, and that sounded like I was mocking just now no I really mean like I don't Did think you move out I don't think Howard's ever had like a uh yeah, I mean, how, yeah, Howard's just like the most kind of straight guy you yeah. ever want to meet. But but just but also totally like open minded. He's he's always said about me like like that my being gay is not the the oddest thing like that about me. About, you know what yeah. I mean? Like like from the oh, point of nice. view of a straight guy, it's just like yeah. you know being gay. That's the thing about you that I find the least uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so. Your weird infatuation with 80s glam rock or whatever that <laughs> yeah, we yeah, call that. Exactly. That's, that's way more interesting. So. But yeah, it was a guy that was like seven years younger than I was that had just gotten out of college and, you know, it was all this stuff too that happened to where it was like, I helped him get his first job and then for a while his career was going better than mine and so I'm like fuming, like, you know, it's just those things that you learn over time about yourself where you're like, God, I don't think of myself as that kind of person, but maybe I'm that kind of person, so I need to... Oh, yeah. I need to just... The best I've ever heard about that, about that anger you get when your friends get something, book something, is Tom McCaffrey. Uh-huh. Uh, had this bit about how everyone's like, you should be happy for me. You know, I got this development deal. I really wanted it. You should be totally happy for me. Now I have one. And he goes... I can't like you can't apply that that thought process to anything you can't like walk by a homeless guy eating a Big Mac and be like why aren't you happy for me I was so hungry and now I have this Big Mac and I'm eating it you should be enjoy my success <laughs> yeah sharing it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's true and I guess it's that way in most things it's not just that way in comedy yeah, I mean if you I, imagine... it's a nicer lights than you for Christmas or a car <laughs> that's better than yours yeah you feel shitty yeah so I don't know. I mean, it's weird, but uh, you know, I never really felt that from my parents. Though, so, you know, I, it's like I don't know why I would feel that because when I was because maybe it's just because I grew up in an area where most people were just kind of middle class or poor, and there was like four rich people in the whole town. Yeah. So you kind of was just like, oh yeah, they they figured those rich people figured it out. You didn't you didn't you admire them. You didn't want to. When you grow up and they're already rich, you're like, that's just the way it is. Yeah, when yeah. When you're starting off comedy together with somebody, and we're both poor and doing nothing. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, like, jump for one guy. And you're like, what? Wait. I want I want that. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. And it's just so It is predicated. It feels gross when I, just, when I feel that way. I'm like, what yeah, am right? I doing? Why am I right, not like, being why happy? Why do I feel bad? Yeah. It, yeah. And it's just because you have to, like, remove yourself from... Scenario? The, yeah. Yeah. 
it's like you have, you have to remember why you started doing it you know it's like a, a form of self-expression and just to have fun and it, it just becomes about all the other stuff that it that it shouldn't become about but sometimes you can't help it but it it, it only gets and it, and you only and I found out like until you have more of your own achievements in a way that on, you're that satisfied you with else is doing. You, yeah. You, yeah you start to where you don't care about it this one Unless I, it's someone that you think is very not funny. Yeah, yeah. Then you're like, come on. Yeah, exactly. This free me up here is Mitzi always torturing me for like four or five years. She wouldn't pass me. Uh-huh. And so then other people get passed and would be really upset. Oh, man. Until I realized, like, it's not them or me. It's not like she's got two spots every week. And right. They're getting it. It's just not me. So it's like, well, I'd rather my friends get passed than, than some stranger. Right, right. You know? Yeah, you just think, it's not me yet. I'm not in competition with them. It's like, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just so much is predicated in this business on like who's hot right now and who's this right now. We get caught up in but, that shit. Yeah, but it's when it just comes like, down to it, we're all just trying to make a good dick joke or a dick joke, whatever. And then it doesn't matter if you're Aziz Ansari and you get to like play for sold out places or just some open micer. Like we're all yeah, doing yeah, the same just, thing. Just try to remember that. Yeah, like uh, Jim Vallely. Do you know Jim Vallely? No, his he, pictures up there. Oh yeah, he was in the Funny Boys. Yeah, yeah, the Funny Boys. He he was. It's it's just this Vallely. Yeah, he's this great writer. He wrote, you know, he he's like Mitch Hurwitz's, you know, go to. So he he produced Arrested Development and and uh, the new Arrested Development that's coming out and all this stuff. But uh, he had the funniest thing that he said was like. He he said it about variety, but now he says now he, he told me that now he updated it to uh, Deadline Hollywood. But it's like that like Deadline Hollywood is uh, one of those things that you you read it you you read it in five minutes and then it takes three hours to get over. Let's <laughs> get over what they're doing. <laughs> so it's just like, and it's so true because you see how like this person got this and this person got that and it's just like ah. Yeah, but you have to keep up with what's going on, so you you don't repeat something or do the same kind of thing. Yeah, you know or, what the trends you know, are. If you're a writer, or, you know you don't. Yeah, you don't want to like have the same idea that somebody already sold, or you know. So it's just kind of a weird. Have you ever done that where you're like, let's start this idea, and you start writing it, and as soon as you start, like a, a day later, like the show exactly that show was just sold to FX. Oh, yeah, and you're like, yeah, oh, it's, ha- it's happened. All right, let's just stop. It's happened a few times, or you know, uh, Howard and I developed this. Uh, show at HBO and then you know they they it seemed like they were going to we were going to shoot it. a pilot for like a real long time but then like they just ran this they just ended up running this documentary about the same subject so so oh. it was just kind of like oh okay that's out <laughs> hey did you write for, for them Beavis and Butthead yeah yeah how was that oh awesome was amazing like was the most recent be- was- I'm old enough to where I guess I could have written on the er- first beat of somebody but this was for the 2011 it was college reboot. when it came out for me what's that it was college when it came out for me the first oh it was one. college yeah for me one. it was like like I guess 17th grade I don't know I don't remember <laughs> whatever, whatever year that was yeah. it was like after college a yeah. few years after college but uh, one of the first people that was involved in developing Austin stories was this guy that wrote on Beavis and Butthead and we were all just like ooh you know it was like the biggest thing that was know, the biggest it, thing it was like a huge deal and uh, he was a really cool uh, interesting guy he went on to write Shrek and um, oh wow really uh, all the all these movie reboots that never got produced that like the My Three Sons remake just like all <laughs> these big that he, he got like paid out the ass for a long time to write these things but anyway uh, 
Yeah, but we uh, Howard and I worked on the uh, 2011 one that came out. Uh, but it was really weird because it was like one of the first things that we hadn't worked on together together. You had not worked on it together? Yeah, like, I mean, we, we both came up with jokes and stuff, but like separately, it was weird. Because oh. usually we, we'd been coming up with stuff yeah, together for the longest time. And then I got hired on this other show. And so uh, we haven't ruled out working together again, but we just haven't worked together in like up. three years. Which is weird. It's it's uh, it's weird sucks. to try and like reestablish yourself without your partner, especially as a writer, because you know they don't know who did what, and it, it was a weird. Oh. It's a weird thing because I figured you would both get both credits, like in people's minds. Like if you did. Something oh yeah, together, I don't know. Cool I don't know. Did. Like I always find I always you, you always constantly wonder like who do they think is funnier? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, but to I mean to me though it's just like Howard is definitely the funniest person just in my life that I've ever met that I've ever known like I know that guy is just like on another level of like you know of all the people I've worked with it's like Bob Odenkirk and Howard and it's the weirdest really? thing because yeah because it's like there there's so many there's so many like variables how much you be more famous than he is What's that? He seems like he should be he should be more famous. How, than he is. Yeah, he totally he totally should because he he's just like I, I, yeah, and I don't know why. It's like one of those things. It's one of those weird things about show business. Well, it's, it's not like, it's not for lack of him not wanting to do it or well, getting say, breaks say, or being yeah. on things. He's definitely let's he, say you're he does Romano's a lot of stand up on, on that show. Whatever his brother's name is, the tall Ophi guy, uh, Brad Garrett. Yeah. Okay, so that show is in pilot. He booked the the, the part of. Ray Romano's brother. It's not his show, but he's on it. Right. If that doesn't get picked up, then he just goes back to trying to do stand-up. Yeah, And it yeah. does get picked up, and now he's got a name forever. Yeah, you gotta like get, like, a control. big, lucky break yeah. like that. And you get, like, little breaks. You have, like, little spikes that lead to other little things. But sometimes... Yeah, I mean, there's so many people that you know that are awesome. That just like somebody like Eddie Pepitone yeah. or something like that, that you go, well, why hasn't that guy broken out yet? And it's just... It's either they can't find the, the old thing of like we can't figure out what to do with them that's what they said about Zach forever yeah and, and so you're, you're like, like well do your job and figure it out funny you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah and let so, a funny guy be funny that's what he mean I mean that well I mean you know I mean I like I know like a little bit about you and Natasha not you know everything but but like when there was a year I remember when Natasha didn't get a book a pilot and I was just like what kind of business is this when she can't book a pilot because yeah. it, because Pretty it's just like funny woman when, yeah and you and you and sometimes you just kind of go like yeah you, it just makes you wonder about people like that because you know how yeah with Howard because Howard is just the bar none the funniest person yeah. I've ever met I and just constantly funny and interesting and just has a weird take on things uh-huh. and, but also accessible and super connects nice. with the audience yeah super nice uh, connects with an audience. His cell phone went off at this Montreal callback. It was uh-huh. in the back. It was the Comedy Central workspace. For, so it's like the stage is like the, the, the wall is just this big wall, but you can walk right behind it. Uh-huh. And a phone went off, and he's like, looks. And, and that's a big moment, this, these callbacks for new faces. You know? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he's like, I'd be mad, but I know that's my phone. <laughs> so it's going to keep going for about five, six more rings, everybody. <laughs> it was just so fucking real and awesome. <laughs> In this oh, big yeah. moment, man, it was. I was like, God, that guy's good. He's amazing too at like assess, assessing the room and working with what the what's going on in the room. Which you know, sometimes I'm a I, like, it's like Blank I wish that. I were better at that, but like, 
I mean, I did a set just the other month. Somebody like fell down in the fucking audience while they were getting back to their chair. I didn't even notice. I was just doing, doing my set. <laughs> just zoned in. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, what the fuck? You know, sometimes I, I just. I always thought that was embarrassing so when oblivious. someone would drop a tray of drinks in the main room, like some waitress, and the, the, the comedian was like, big noise. And the queen would just look and just go right back. So then I went to H&M when I told the guy at the counter. It's like, dude, yeah, you're like, you something have massive to, happened. Yeah, Everyone's you have looking to at comment it. on it. Yeah. And, but, you know, but Howard's just good at that. Uh, anyway, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know what, what it is because it's not from lack of I think sometimes it's trying to get things going. It's not from lack of. Yeah, he's working he's on things. He's not lazy. He's always working on something. So, I, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where, you know, he just hasn't had that lucky, lucky thing yet. But yeah. he also, I don't think, I, don't, I, I know when we were working together, he never, he, he always felt put upon, though, to go on to, to auditions and things. Like, he really? hated, like, auditions and, you know, which is sometimes what you have to do. But the thing is, you know, I from auditioning, I only ever got, like, three things you know more yeah. than he did from not auditioning you know you know what yeah, I mean yeah. so I was always just like well just who, feel like you're part who of the really saved all their time and, and yeah. uh, effort and, and all that you know and he did you know so that's one thing I really admire about him is his willingness to like kind of do it his own way and and that's these yeah. things like these podcasts that's what that's that exactly really what like helps people a lot Bobby Lee last night asked me, like, when is your half hour, when, when, how long ago did you do it? And I was like, oh, I've never done five minutes on Comedy Central. They've never, ever had me. Yeah. And he's like, what do you mean, really? That's so crazy. Yeah, and he's like, no, they just never liked me or whatever. And I'm like, i got to figure out a way. The only reason people come to see me is because of this stupid Zoom. That's amazing. Yeah. But then from, like, Amazing Racist and stuff, though, right, too? Or do you a get... A little bit. Get, Mostly that was, like, 14-year-olds who are now, like, 25, and they're like, I remember that when I was little. else or something. <laughs> what? <laughs> they've moved on to oh, yeah, yeah. another yeah. form of entertainment. It, just, it didn't help me with anything. It just sort of made people uh-huh. aware in high schools. But everyone in Hollywood was like, that's cool. I think it's funny, but I can't be associated with this in any way. Right. Well, I mean, that's great. Then, you know, for the internet, like, oh, I, I'm still locked into, like, the old model of just like okay i want to pitch a show and i want to get, get paid okay. for the pitch and yeah you know yeah. i still instead of just i'm going to do it myself i i i have like a I, I need like i've adapted somewhat but i also have an attitude of just like well, what do you do if you're a development person it, it used to be like at least yeah. you'd like read through scripts you would you would go see artists and try and develop them and it's, it's like now you just give like a six-episode commitment to someone who already made six episodes on their own on the internet. You're just deciding. It's just like, like how we'll do you... I want your job. Yeah. Do <laughs> it anything. seems like you do what everybody does at work is just look on the internet shit. <laughs> but except you look at it and it have if it has like a, a million, no million hits already, yeah, built-in like, oh, audience already, you'll just mm-hmm. pick up They'll that person. say why you like it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not that hard. But Wait. so it's great though that people come and, and see you, you know, oh, yeah. on the basis of a. It's also because I don't have to apologize for anything. I don't have to worry about getting fired. Yeah. If people don't like just, me, they'll just it'll be one less listener. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> and you and chances are you won't even know who that is. No, I won't you, ever unless know unless you read like a comment where someone goes, "I'm never listening to this again." Yeah, I want you to know. 
you've lost me, sir. <laughs> Great, thanks. But I mean, do you have like a lot? Of, you know, forgive me for being like ill-informed on it's all right. this right now. My my whole days are always filled with like writing scripts. You know? You're not researching my life. <laughs> I'm always every like day? writing half hours. Yeah, <laughs> I should be researching your life, but. Do you have like a lot of haters? Because it seems like that's what it takes now too to kind of make it make Dice some noise is to have a lot of haters. Too. Dice said you don't want everyone liking you. You want some people hating you and some people loving you, and then everyone's talking. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I guess I Which have some makes haters. Sense. I got that from the Amazing Races though, like pretty early on on like online videos where I was like, oh my, the, just the bile and the hatred that would come. Yeah. Whereas you had to eventually realize like this doesn't affect me. It's right, just some right. dude I've never met. Right. So I'm, I'm a pretty okay to let it go. That's pretty good. Just like glance over it. But how long were you... But wasn't it interesting though when you used to not know when people liked you or hated you? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like before you knew, you just, just kind walk of... home. Yeah, there's just, you just figure, oh, okay, well, I, you would never find out. That's sort of nice. <laughs> you don't need to know at all times. Yeah. How, what do they think? People do that after they get off stage. Like, let me check Twitter and see if anybody wrote at me. Like, you heard the response. <laughs> you know how much they laughed. <laughs> Yeah, I can still remember it. It was a lot or a little. How long were you uh, were you uh, thinking you were gay before you like like came out to yourself? Oh, geez. I mean, I, I I knew like you know definitely by puberty, but before that, there was always just like inklings of like I don't know if I don't think I'm like other kids. And were you trying to fight that? Like or I we... might be more sensitive than other kids. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's not really necessarily a conscious fighting. I just yeah. remember things from when I was like, when I was six years old, I would, I, would, I would always like go into the girls' bathroom to use the bathroom. I don't know why. <laughs> really? One time, I, yeah, the first, one time though, it was just because it, well, I went, it was the first day, I, I went to a bilingual school. <laughs> That's a we first had to do like force, force busing. And so I didn't know what caballeros and damas or whatever it was, uh-huh. the difference. So I went in and like, you know, I opened the, I remember opening the stall door on this little girl that was in the to- using the toilet, and she just like screamed her ass off, and I was just like, ah, I didn't know, you know. <laughs> but it, but it, you know, after that, it just never really hit me. But I would hear like I remember like there was this really sad Diana Ross song from Mah- the theme from Mahogany. It was called "Do You Know Where It Would Go." Like, do you know where you're going to? It was just like this syrupy song. But whenever I would hear it, I would start crying and think about my mom. Really. <laughs> Yeah, and so that, I mean, that's, that I don't sign. think that that's n- normal testosterone male behavior. No. Uh, we had like we would have record day at school, and like these meatheads, you know, like the just the I guess garden variety seven year old beefaloes would bring in like beefaloes? kiss alive too, or you know, you just knew like the guys now that are just you, you see that are just at the. Yeah, the, at the EDM concert, jumping up and down and pumping their fists to Wearing metal Calvin shirts. Harris or whatever. Yeah, like the, the that type, that phylum back in 1976, you know, you, they bring up their Kiss Alive 2, you know, uh, uh, what else worried? was like the other big... Were you just not interested in that? Yeah, it was like, like they bring up Black Sabbath for record uh, day, yeah. Kiss Alive 2, Ted Nugent. And I, I would always bring up the Dr. Doolittle soundtrack <laughs> with, like, Rex Harrison on the cover. And just like, oh, if I could talk to the animals. I was just like, yeah, this is the really good stuff, you know. But then the irony is, like, now is, like, I'm so much more into, like, Black Sabbath and Me Kiss too. and stuff like that than I ever was when I was, like, a teenager. Like, I've 
politics politics aside i love ted nugent i love his music i'm just really? like it's just great it it's like great music it's just great classic rock his I've early band classic rock oh yeah Where i never listened well, like, to it now i'm like when i heard black Sabbath paranoid i'm just like oh my god oh this is a great album yeah that stuff check out like amboy dukes the which was uh who was that ted nugent's first band when Am he was Boy like Dukes? he was like a teenager and he's like 17 i guess and they just have like these these great kind of psychedelic rock songs with these long solos and everything wow and then like early ted nugent stuff is is really good up to like you know wango tango like around around that era is 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 pretty good everybody gets lame everybody gets lame in the in the mid 80s basically (laughs) but yeah but i'm so much more like into that stuff now and there's a reason why those people are still around and they're like they're they're 70 years old and they're playing yeah no one has knocked them off the mountain no one's knocked bruce springsteen off the mountain there's nobody better that has come along and it makes me sad right now because 20 years from now, those acts are going to be Green Day, you know, I, I, or just act, I, yeah. and a lot of people love them, but I just never got into them. My feeling is that uh, they were cool early on and they got really lame. They had Dookie and that was maybe one more album and then the albums before that were fine, but then it was right. just done. But, um, but it's like, who are the rock acts My feeling right is now? everyone's making Nickelback, fun of... back, you know, I mean... Yeah, but everyone's who, making fun of, like, boy bands, but like, in my day it was better. I'm like, what, you think the Jackson 5 was better than Backstreet Boys? It was the same crap. Right, right. And, and anyone who's 25 looks at that music like, going, like, what are you listening to? You guys yeah. are idiots. <laughs> yeah. And now exactly. we're like, no, that's when it was good. Exactly. I think yeah. people look back at like, the Black Keys or the Cure it. and say, okay, they're actually really, well, that's totally different bands. But like, <laughs> I don't know why I lumped them in, but like, you they'll know, remember I mean, the good ones and forget the bad ones. Yeah, yeah. What, what survives is, is um, songs. Yeah. And so a good song, so if like, I don't know, you know, like Christina Aguilera, Gina in a bottle or something. Maybe that song might survive because oh. it's, it's, or eh, maybe not with that one, but like, yeah, like certain maybe. songs yeah. are, are good regardless of who sang them. That, that's the kind of stuff that survives through trends and everything. My so, feeling is that um, CeeLo song, uh, Fuck You, yeah. is one of the greatest songs in history because we're already in an age where you have to be pretty to make it as a, as oh, a, yeah, as yeah. a musician. And you that guy's so that not guy. pretty. That that song has to be without, like, there's nothing wrong with that song. It's a hundred percent great. And plus, it sounded kind of old. To it sounded mm-hmm. retroy to begin with. So yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. I think that people will be listening to cra- that Gnarls Barkley crazy. Uh-huh. That song is one of the be- best songs of the 2000s. And I feel like you could hear that song 30 years from now, and the production might sound dated on it or something. But the actual song, you go, well, that's a really good song, and people can relate to that song. Yeah, it's cool when you hear something from the 60s or 70s. I'm like, this is like the animals. Sometimes the animals have a, have a yeah. song here that you're like, whoa, that could easily be released now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they'll have like deep cuts, too, yeah. that, that you don't that you go, oh, yeah, what, yeah, what happened to that? Because yeah. you'll hear like the hits with the zombies. Like she's not there, I guess, and like House of the Rising Sun. House of the Rising Sun, yeah. But then there's like, oh, I'm trying to think of that one song about the zombies. That's just like, yeah. There's like uh, I can't remember, it, but it's just like pretty forward. He had that cool voice, Eric Burden. Is that his oh, name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really? think they're I think they're at South by Southwest. Really? Like one of those guys died recently, but I think Eric. I don't know if it's Eric Burden with the zombies. I don't know why it he was be, playing. I've been doing but, the uh, Ottawa Blues Fest every year doing comedy for the last like three years I guess Uh huh. so I always look at the lineups to see if I'll be back again and like who I want to see if I could put in for which days yeah know? yeah um, 
he's playing this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. that'd be a cool one. Yeah. Well, you know, he was really great in war, too. In know? war? He was yeah. in war? Yeah, he sang uh, Spill the Wine. You know that song? Spill the wine and drink that girl. This is just a great song. Oh. That was Eric Burden in, uh, in war. You know they kept going, the animals, without him? Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. That's always weird when Bans just like, well, fuck you, we're going to keep going. And everyone's like... Oh, wait, maybe I'm confusing the zombies with the animals. Wait. He might have been in both, or I might be completely wrong. No, I don't know the zombies. I don't know the zombies that well. Zombies? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we talking about something we don't know that much about all of a sudden? Want to miss like, here facts? Join in. <laughs> so you didn't hide it from anybody in the comedy scene? No, you know, and the thing is, when I started, uh, when did you start? When I, when I started doing like gay material, I guess in like ninety three or ninety four, mm-hmm. I either I hadn't figured out a way to do it, or no one was buying it really, but it wouldn't go over, and so I, Your I gay did, material, I, wouldn't yeah, go over? and so huh. I just didn't do it that often. Like I would try to do it, but either it was the Times or Texas or this or that, oh, be, but yeah. you know. You'd be doing your act, it'd go along, fine, getting laughs with stuff that you normally get laughs with, and then going to like gay material, and then nothing, just crickets. Or it'd start out with it, and just crickets. So it was like the weirdest thing, because I thought, is it just they're not buying it yet, or yeah. or they don't... I'm starting or, to see now... Or it seems like I'm making fun of it. Yeah, you know, it could be that. I'm know. starting to see now a, a new form of doing gay material... You but you don't really do anything sexually related. Sometimes I do. It depends okay. on the situation. It's weird because a lot of times, like gay, when you do gay material, it goes over better in front of a straight audience. Mm-hmm. Not always, but if I do a black joke, here's how it goes. Well, if there's a bunch of black people in the room, it goes over fine. If there's zero black people, it goes over a little worse, but still pretty good. And if there's like two or three black people, it's horrible. <laughs> Because they feel they're all like looking everyone's looking for at approval. them. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, but I found now that gay people are doing like it's it's a really cool place, comic wise, where they're just casually like they're skirting over the fact they're gay to get to the main point uh-huh. that they want to make. Right. You right. Know what I mean. Right. Like, yeah. The guy leaves your place in the morning, and yeah. it's always uncomfortable because. But it's like they skipped over all that. It's just kind of matter of fact. I really like it. Yeah. Oh no, I like that too. I I make it more of a. Uh, I guess because I'm from an older generation, I just explicitly come out and will say it in a way that say? where it's I like, yeah, because yeah. it's just, <laughs> I guess because I was so shell shocked early on, you know, and I'm not like a lumberjack or anything, but I just feel like if they just come out and say it because that because there are a lot of white guys with glasses that do comedy yeah. that you might go are they gay or what I mean, you don't know and they're not you know so it's, it's everyone yeah. er, everything has just gotten where it's so especially in a city just everybody might seem gay you know so it's just like yeah. if you just come out and say it immediately or pretty up top it it allows the audience to laugh at it and go oh, okay yeah you know they in the same way that like in the first 15 you know seconds of your actor they're getting used to what you look like they're not really pay- they're just trying to get used to you as they would just in any situation and they want to hear they, your voice and so if you come yeah and if you just say it right off then it's like oh okay then the, you know I'm, I'm allowed to laugh at this whereas it gets to be like like Scott Kennedy always used to kind of 
dropping in the middle of his act and yeah, people would be really it would be kind of controversial you know because it would be like what like people would feel like they're being tricked or something and then i and i don't know if it was because if he liked the challenge of trying to get them back or whatever but i don't like mm. that challenge because i think there's too much already <laughs> to deal with trying to overcome that I, anyway. yeah that i'd rather just like if i'm going to talk about it that night and i don't always talk about it you don't want to make the whole thing about that that's what i don't like is when but people it's like, like i'm the gay comic but why not take advantage of being born with a really good gimmick <laughs> i'm 90 percent of people are not like Cause, me because yeah because it's like yeah i mean it's just anything that you have that's different about you you know it might take a while to talk about it or, but or for you to get comfortable to talk about it, but yeah. that's your thing. I but mean, then you, it becomes the same. Right. Ty says that he's like he doesn't like to do gay shows because it's like every comic. It's like how many dick sucking jokes are you going to hear? Who doesn't like to do it? Ty Rivera. Ty, yeah. He's like it's everyone having the same. The Arab show is always like that too. They're always like we're going to celebrate. Yeah. You know our differences like by doing the same accent. And so yeah, and so the it's same like mom character. Yeah, I'll kind of touch on it and do some jokes about it. But then, you know, I'll move into other stuff. But then if I feel like talking about something else, some other aspect of it later, that's just like a relationship kind of joke or a story yeah. about something that happens, they're like cool with it. Well, you've got to give them because enough it's jumping already off been ground to, to be able yeah. to interpret this however they need to. Yeah, yeah. But I love like the guys that are younger right now that don't, it's not really like yeah. a deal. But like James Adomian is just genius. Yeah, he's another one you I know? have no and, idea. And, and it's not even. And he'll he'll mention it sometimes, like in the middle of a set that he's doing or whatever, just in case people haven't noticed or figured it out or what. Yeah, at it's all. just like it's just like it's not like a gimmick or anything. But then you have so you have like Justin, you know Martindale, and like but you, you'll he know he's gay. It it's but so you clear. know he's gay mm-hmm. when he kind of hits the stage. I went. I it's not, not that he's like him. super flamboyant or anything, yeah. but you just kind of go. Oh, he's okay. pretty flamboyant, <laughs> but not like, but not I don't know, but not like in a totally like swishy no, way. No, but just he's a, clearly he's like gay. Texas flamboyant. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just too good looking and like just. Cl- clean to uh, the gay way of being clean it's just like he's extra right. clean <laughs> just he flushes his own toilet with his foot <laughs> <laughs> right before to cap city he didn't mention it all the entire time he was gay he did some big act out music scene about uh-huh. some song about some um black not black keys uh or fergie whatever band she's in oh black eyed peas black eyed peas yeah mm-hmm. and just a lot it was just like on and on and then he gets off stage and i go on I do a couple minutes, and I mentioned, um, you know, I'm here with Justin and Nick Yusuf, and I was like, oh, you guys knew Justin was gay, right? And there was just this, like, relief moan from the crowd of, like, yeah. oh, we thought so. Yeah, but, like, right. But, they That's wanted so to weird. know for sure. Yeah, they want to know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, so I admire that, but I also feel like if you don't say it, it's kind of like, it's like in life, you want to know... It's like it's Pat or whatever. You you want to yeah. know what the fuck somebody it's is. It's not like there's anything wrong with it, what, but it what is their, what their interests than, are. You know. Yeah, interests. Interests is. Do you ever catch any flack from comedians? No, no, not not that all. I mean, not just in the in the general way of like, how about that girl? That do anything for you? You know, just in the in the kind of general way. There's never been any like hostility Negative. or anything oh, that's good you know? yeah comics yeah. are pretty cool about it right yeah comics are you know they know that with with very few exceptions that we're all kind of damaged individuals so they just kind of accept here's your cross 
own. <laughs> yeah. They, they're just more, you know, they might have more empathy than the average person, even though they're dicks a lot of times. Yeah, I'm trying to say. I don't know. They, they, they have more... Oh, they're assholes, but at the same time, they're understanding. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a weird... Well, I was friends with David Taylor for the longest time. I still am, I guess. But, like, most people, girls especially in the scene, it was like, that guy's an asshole. There's nothing redeeming about him. Really? And I was really? like, yeah, you just don't see it. But Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty redeeming about him. But, yeah, he can be a fighter. Yeah, you just... Yeah, and pe- you just go, well, that's, like, that's, that's the style of comedy. Like, uh-huh. people... I, I don't know. It always, it, it always makes me... Like when people used to think Howard Stern was an asshole or this or that or whatever. Maybe they still do. I don't know. I don't, I don't listen yeah. on, on the... Been a Stern I don't fan. have satellite radio or whatever. But people always used to be like, oh, you know, that guy, what a jerk or whatever. Yeah. But, I, but, I, but you go, you know, you see... But I, I'm just always surprised that it took a lot of people to see private parts on cable or something to be like, well, I guess that guy's a human, you know? And it's like... Well, what'd you how, think was how, there? Yeah, how do you not it was just a robot see of that, that it's just like an act a lot yeah. of times? And that's what comedy is, just a variation of an act. Or like, you know, do people think Anthony Jasenlek is really going to go out and like, you know, want to rape a baby yeah. or whatever, you know? It's or just yell like, at someone's it's funeral like, saying, I'm glad he's dead. It's like, no, he knows that. Yeah, it's like a sick, jo- it's like the sick joke book you read when you're 11 or 12 and you just go, well, that's not reality. It's like some people can't yeah, you discern it. the difference between fantasy and reality and that that's what always makes me, you know, yeah. if it's funny, it's funny. When you were in uh, Texas and you were living in the closet, I guess. Uh-huh, yeah. You were still hooking up here or there with guys, or were you just in Texas? Yeah. yeah. Um, would you would you change your pronouns when you're trying to talk normally? Like get just, her like, or something? No, like what? have a story. Like me and this girl this went person, out last night. To this when I would do sometimes I would do that on stage. This, really? Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't in life. But it was just kind of a thing where it's just like I don't want to get into it. Yeah, when you're just like, I don't know. It was just another one of those things where you wouldn't. I wouldn't just come out and say. I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, my life got a, a million times better, probably like the little five-year-old tranny in the dress, that <laughs> once you just accept it and just go, okay, this is it, it just, your life your life just becomes so much easier. Yeah, everybody everybody so doesn't want to be different at all when they're growing up, and they just hate those differences. Yeah. And then when you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm different, it's okay. Then it's, it's way easier when you just tell people. We've had waitresses yeah. here, this girl Katie, who was like... She loves fucking black guys. Uh-huh. She loves it. She doesn't need any like. She doesn't even know their last names. She just loves. She has a her motto is nine inches soft. <laughs> that's, that's that's a good motto. <laughs> yeah, but when she's like, you make fun of her a little bit, but then she started being open about how much she loves getting fucked by random d- dudes. It was just like, oh, well, you can't make fun of her. It's just, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, she deflates it by. Yeah, if you just if telling you, just you enjoy your differences, just I don't yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, and that's one of the things, I guess, that's uh, a plus of living in a more permissive society as society goes on. And some people aren't on board with it, obviously. And some, yeah. there's going to be friction from that. But some people are, I don't know. I mean, it's just as, as things change. I don't know. It just makes me think you like older too, you realize ki- ki- fi- in 50 years, you know, is it, are we, will we look back at the whole thing of, gay marriage and stuff like that will we look at that as like civil rights 
but you know, civil war. It's not. It's like certain things have changed, but it's not like everything's rosy because we have a black president. There's no right. racism. Like there's no racism. Like yeah. people. Th- you know, my parents think that from watching like Fox News or something, Things, but like you what? just kind of that. Oh, what? You can't. We have a black president. So there's no racism anymore, <laughs> you know, because they're in such a bubble that it's just like, you go, what? You know, and so you just think, how different will it be in 50 years? Or will it really be that? It, like, it'll be different, yeah, but will know. it really be that much different? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, in LA, it's like way better racism anyway. Than in some small parts of the country. Uh huh. I don't know, but I'm sure it's way better than it was. It is. Yeah, it's better, better than, than it was. Than it but like was how much but it's still kind of like a long way to go. And it just is when that old generation dies off. Essentially, there's going to be dicks in every generation because they're raised. Well, they find new things to be dicks about. Yeah. Like, oh, you're short. We'll make fun of you for that. But it's it's strange because it just depends on what you do. Because my grandmother is just one of those like kind of ra- not, not, she doesn't mean to be racist mm-hmm. but it's just that's how Can't she grew it. up so w- she knew one black woman her whole life named Teresa that <laughs> lived in a town of like 3,000 people and then uh, I remember like after they made Martin Luther King Day a holiday or yeah. like a couple of years after that she went went into town to go to the, she's just like well I went down into town today and the post office was closed and the bank was closed and I just thought all this just for Teresa <laughs> <laughs> so, like totally missing the point <laughs> of civil rights and everything no it's not but then my Teresa. mom my mom is like so open minded and you know worked her whole life with like uh in the Head Start program and just, yeah. you know, very liberal. And and so it's just, you know, and that's just like one generation. So it can change so much in one generation. It can change so much. And so... My, my uh, friend's parents, I was talking to them, and they're real Catholics, and like old school New York Catholics. And uh, they said they remember the first conclave um, and when they were like 10 or 11, when they decided the priests would turn around and face the audience. Uh-huh. He used to just face the, like, where everyone else was facing. And right. not look at them at all. So really? Like, I'm, I'm direct, like, lying to God. Like, you don't need to see me. Oh, my gosh. And they decided, they made a decision. Like, no, you're going to face the, the audience. He would face them when he talked to them, but only when he talked to them. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and he, he, they said their parents were like, this is ridiculous. You can't worship this way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And now it's just like, yeah, it's fine. They face us. Who cares? Oh, but wow. people just have trouble accepting change. That is crazy. Well, I mean, I, I feel like... Yeah, I mean, there's all this stuff, you know, obviously right now about the the Pope and the new Pope and if it matters and all this. It was weird. When I went to, uh, when I went home, I went to my stepmom's church because she plays, uh, she's like the choir leader type thing. Well, she plays like a keyboard and these other people sing and stuff. That's nice. At the Catholic church. But it was on Christmas morning and that place was maybe like a quarter full, you know, this big Catholic church that I remember going to when I was a kid, always full of people. Yeah. And I don't know. They lost a lot of fans. Yeah. (laughs) They lost a lot of fans and they were mostly Hispanic that were in the church, not to make it like a thing like that, but it was mostly that's who the makeup of the people in the church wore. My feeling is you really, there's no excuse to be Catholic anymore. (laughs) <laughs> like if you do that you're supporting child abuse <laughs> yeah right like they're on the right oh. it's not just one or two fuck ups it's consistent fucking up and covering up and yeah. they allowed it to continue it's like you're supporting that group if you stay in it 
Yeah, and if you say that though, people are still touchy about it. I mean, you they get real mad. But when it's you like, watch like uh, I don't know Bill Maher show or something, anytime he makes a joke about pedophilia, or it, which is a real thing yeah. that happened, and uh, everybody knows it happened. You know, the audience is, oh, ooh. It's just like, why are they still supporting it? I could almost understand if it was just some people that were being corrupt, you know, that were like, okay, I'm a pedophile. It's like, but then it's just an individual. But it's the transferring. Oh, yeah. Cool, cool. Get out of this town. We'll we'll put you in Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go retire. And this will happen again. (laughs) You know, it's like, we we don't have to hear about it. Like, you got to be more discreet. Like, you're you're intentionally, these are the people you're voting for. It's like that I, movie I, The Apartment where they just have an apartment where they what? <laughs> they send the, the priest in the afternoon to mess around with young boys. To fake it, really? <laughs> no, no. You know that movie The Apartment where they, that was the, the storyline, the old Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon uh-huh. movie where they would use the underling they would use Jack Lem- the exec the executives higher up would use Jack Lemon's apartment to go in and screw around in during the day. Really? And he just like yeah, that was the storyline. Okay. It was really it was like real touchy stuff in like 1960 or whatever it's funny when you see but. something that has no bearing on our current values we're like well, who cares yeah, yeah you should let your buddy use his apartment the fuck Good. I know right <laughs> my friend Matt stays with me he's like homeless not homeless but he's like a door guy uh-huh. doesn't uh-huh. have money for a home I mean so uh, he's like sleeps on people's couches so when I leave I let him stay in my apartment and then after like four or five times he's like dude would it be okay if I like could I have sex here I was like, yeah, man, absolutely. Just change the sheets or something. I don't know. But yeah. So you put like a scrunchie on the doorknob? Or- <laughs> exactly. Do something. Lift the, lift the covers off the sheets so I know there's your cum all over or something. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, I just find it so interesting that time where you have to spend lying. Oh, yeah, closet yeah. Closet time. Just any, for anything, really. Yeah. Right? This whole podcast. This whole podcast, <laughs> lying whole, about it. Yeah. This whole thing, No. But yeah, just in life, I don't know, just to get through life. And then I guess the people that don't want to just either have mental breakdowns or, you know, you become the Unabomber. I don't I don't know how it works when you just feel like you're upset. I was with- talking to Tom Segura about it, about how when I started masturbating, I just thought I was the only one. Yeah. I couldn't own up to it. I thought I was going to hell, clearly. And I'm, I'm, I would be like looked down on by society for what I'm doing. Right, right. And it's just like, as long as I just got honest, it was like, it's fine. Yeah. Nobody's that bad. Yeah, maybe if you're a pedophile, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be like, then hey, you're that bad. Different. Yeah, as long as it's legal. But you. But then you, yeah. But that's also the thing about doing stand-up too. Is like you, you, you. The, it translates into your daily life sometimes, where you don't know where to draw the line with people that you don't know that well, or that you're meeting, or you know, you're so used to being able oh, to say yeah. what you want that you, you know, you. You, you don't want to step on anybody's toes, but you're also like, what the fuck should I not just say what I want to? And then... But like they have different standards than you and you have to yeah. respect it, I guess. Why? And then when you're on stage too, like if you... Because if you were to talk about masturbating on stage, right? yeah, everybody's done that. But then you start thinking that like, well, everybody must have these experiences. And sometimes you talk about something on stage don't. and you're like, oh, I guess I, maybe I am the only one. Yeah. Really? I'm a sociopath? <laughs> really? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I did that on stage recently because I thought... I talked to a girl who said like... She, she, she told me something and I'd be like, oh, I do that all the time. I didn't realize other people... The two is about like when you see a pretty girl at a supermarket um, and you sort of like see her down the hall and then you like try to like cut her off at a different aisle so you can walk by and see how like what she really looks like up close uh-huh. or follow them down an aisle just so you can, I don't know, shop but look at a hot girl. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I, when you notice when you do that. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> She's like, yeah. 
We all noticed that. Yeah, don't do that anymore. Yeah, but I said that on stage, and I've gotten like five times I've tried it, and pretty much the entire time the crowd is like, we've never done that. I, you're the only one oh we know. And I'm like, really? Like, Fuck. No way. That's crazy. Do you think that straight guys, by the way, are, are like jealous of gay guys somehow? Oh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> I know gay people have said it's demeaning to say that because we have never had to go through the problems of coming out, uh, having parents maybe disown us. Uh-huh. But like, yeah, a lot of guys are like, it's way easier. Dude, I walked, I took a walk on sunny day on, on Hollywood Boulevard uh-huh. where my friend calls Mecca from Rage to Mickey's or whatever. Um, and I just saw people daytime eating like all dudes. Eating yeah. like wings together, ninety percent of them are super buff, and they're all smiling and like, "Fuck, life is great for you guys." You're just like, yeah, we're all getting laid. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. I mean, again, yeah. I mean, if you look a certain way, and we're, that's the other thing too. Pretending someone we're it's, not. It's like super. It's not women aren't as shallow, I guess. If I mean, there's certain stipulations for everybody, but. There's a lot of you have to look a certain way in the gay community yeah, what is that? Too, the, to be the, to be able to like just you know have compete? dick party all the time. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, kind of like the, there's like if if you're unattractive, I guess, or if you're like overweight or this or that, or I don't know. But it seems like those groups there are groups that people fit into when that's like oh it's a bear and he'll yeah. find another bear, you know, or Whereas, whoever likes bears. For, yeah. For, whereas the for bears straight are the best, guys, they just, let, they just gave up. They're just like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I, there's a specific type that wants me, and I'll just market to that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but I always guys. there. There's like places where gay guys can go to, and like if you want to hook up with another gay guy, yeah, chances are ninety percent. You know, if you want to make that happen, you'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And there just isn't that way. There isn't a thing like that for straight guys. Yeah. <laughs> No, My advice not. to straight guys would be just be gay, be gay. but <laughs> but it, it's but it, it is true somewhat that it's just like, but I've never gotten any resentment from straight guys for it. I, I just always get kind of I've gotten before where it's like, man, I wish there was just some, I wish I was gay. I wish there was some bone shack I could go to or where yeah. or, or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> I was in Austin with Martindale at one of the gay bars down there, uh-huh. and we just saw some guy stand over another guy like the guy was sitting down in a chair and this other guy was standing up talking to him for a while and then um took like five minutes they were talking and then one guy just reached into the other guy's pants <laughs> and then just sort of gave like three strokes and he made the face of like eh, not bad like he made that face <laughs> let's let's we hang out hear any of this. yeah and then he dipped his fly back up <laughs> we're like that doesn't we can't I, i've never come across that at a bar where <laughs> yeah, a girl would do, do that, that to a guy or a vice woman. versa yeah yeah you know, these, you know, exactly Exactly. That pirate would be nicer. I always think it's like uh, everything in my life always comes back to uh, uh, Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman. But I always <laughs> yeah. just figure, you know, when he's dressed as a woman and he's telling Jessica Lange, when Jessica Lange is, is talking to him as, when he's dressed as a woman and she says, I just wish a guy would just come up to me and just go, I find you really interesting and we could go through a lot of rigmarole. Yeah. But I find the truth is, I find you interesting. I would just like to sleep with you. You know, and then like later in the movie when he, he goes that. up to, to her and she just like gets pissed off and throws a drink in his face. Uh-huh. If I find you interesting and I would like to sleep with you, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, like if you re- it's so it's so interesting, like the masks that we have that Yeah. That and we you want that. that we I put heard Dennis on. Leary and uh who was America's sweetheart after Julia Roberts? Wait, uh, uh Meg Ryan? No. She was <laughs> oh, before oh, Julia that. Roberts. <laughs> 
she was, was in American she was in that movie where they Sandra Bullock Sandra Bullock yeah. um, they did a movie together during press and she was like I just want a guy to you know get me flowers and Dennis Leary just goes bullshit <laughs> that is not what you want if the guys are getting you flowers every week, you bet you get annoyed by him. This is just crap. It's just like, oh, man, maybe. But it's like, you want to say what you want, but that's not really what you want. I know, right? You can't, yeah. yeah it's diff- It's hard for women. You don't want to seem like a whore. And, you know, this is why so Blender doesn't work like do. Grinder does. That who? Blender doesn't work like Grinder does. Oh, right. I don't, I've Grindr? never been on Blender. Okay. I, of course I've been on Grinder. Blender is supposed to be. It started as a straight Grinder. Uh huh. Um, but it doesn't work because and grinder works amazing. <laughs> yeah. I saw Justin get we were in Dallas at a hotel room that they put you up at in Addison. At like a residence inn. And at two PM on a weekday. <laughs> he, they were in the residence inn? Or they were yeah, close he, by. He, he arranged a threesome. No, they weren't in the residence inn. They were just <laughs> nearby. He started off with one guy. The oh guy said, yeah, God. maybe. And then he found another guy. He's like, okay, you come over. And the first guy wrote back. And then he's like, well, I already have somebody. Do you want to come over and join? And they just had some threesome with strangers. Oh, my gosh. That's, on a Wednesday at 2. Could be par for the course. Yeah, but Blender... That's why it's hard like, to settle down, too, when you're gay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why am I... If you're gay and you have options, it's really tough. But. Joy, Goring... Do you know her? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She would talk She's about some massive celebrity. I forget who. Maybe the guy who directed Argo or something and how he couldn't be monogamous. Oh, Same nice tour one. guy from beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those two he guys on Beavis the patio. Butthead. What? <laughs> Those two guys on the patio. This, this one is always gets really ethnic. Is their makeup of their tour group? It's true, huh? Yeah. It is mostly... All There's is, a few. The middle row is all middle white row is white. Yeah, <laughs> you could tell. He's like, "Why am I?" It's like an Oreo. <laughs> uh, I used to moon people out of this window when oh, I was yeah? writing during the day. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Just do something. I like that. Um, but they said the well, reason Blender doesn't work like Grinder is because, um, like, ideally worth like you pass a girl's supermarket, it kind of. Yeah, these other looks and all of a sudden like you, you walk down a different aisle and you get a, a thing that goes off saying oh this girl's interested in you and yeah. sends you this picture of like her upskirt shot or something like and then you send her a dick picture and it's like ew get away from me <laughs> I guess right. me like there's no gay guys have that over us yeah we yeah show me it's, what you're it's working it's interesting with. though okay. there are there are interesting profiles on there that'll be like I just want to find someone to fall in love with yeah uh, <laughs> you're just like really you know <laughs> oh, or, or just like those, don't send me a dick pic I'm not interested in seeing that you know and you're just be like oh, okay probably too uptight for this community that's odd because there are some people that move slow in the gay community and you're kind of like oh okay that's weird <laughs> it, it just it's like the exception and not the rule you think it's the most totally normal thing in the world that you would think well yes this is a person who's concerned about not just being a, a carnal animal idiot <laughs> and would like to get more information about the person they're having sex with what a weirdo it you know, really is amazing like, why would they do that take away those barriers <laughs> it, you just become animals let's just do this the way we all want to do it <laughs> My oh, friend my was God. upset about it. He, he came out and he was like, I don't, want, there's no, I don't want to go to gay bars. I want to meet normal people. I want to meet somebody at a bookstore. And I'm like, oh. like, I think now he's like, oh, I realize. Yeah, we'll just go and fuck. <laughs> it's just not happening. We'll drink a little and just fuck. It's just online now. And it's so weird because 
you have to put up you have to put in so much time online and then there's just the kids so now who are like 21 22 you know you put in so much time and somebody could just jerk you around and if you just met yeah. somebody in real life you just decide immediately if you want to spend more time with them or not but it's just nobody really wants to do that anymore and but then there's also other things though that you can find out online instantly that you would not tell about them yeah the that you wouldn't profile ask in yeah. in person you wouldn't just go right up to somebody and just go hey what's up do you like fucking you know are you are you top or bottom are you wow do you like this or that you know that you that's totally acceptable online yeah you can say that stuff online yeah and you don't have you I know, had an email so, back and forth with a girl where it's like she came on to me online pretty much put it out there in like a half a step then you go back and then say okay yes I wanna and then you're like well, what are you into sexually yeah and you can it's just, just but you really it's okay. so uncomfortable to do that in person yeah yeah right it is yeah when you do that in person and you, is the handkerchief thing like, a real uh, thing I don't know um, uh, you yeah. just you kind of you don't want to say and, haw, and you say it but just tell me is the, <laughs> is the handkerchief thing a real thing I I, I don't know if it's I, I think maybe probably it got an urban outmoded okay. you know it was probably I mean I'm sure I know it was real in the 70s and things like that when you couldn't just come right out and just go like hey will you piss on me you know but I so think, you just wear I a think now online you can just say would you says, piss on, on the me bottom, yeah it, to be it was on. different like if it was a yellow handkerchief it means you like water sports or if it was water like sports water I love sports that. what does this have to do with sport I guess if it was American flag handkerchief you like uh <laughs> You like Being fucking part of the one percent. Yeah, you like raping people against their will, <laughs> uh, <laughs> taking twenty five percent taxes. Uh, but yeah, there was all those different kinds of handkerchiefs that they had. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not into like the leathery scene. I don't know. It's fun though. There's a show they do at the Fault Line that I'm going to do. I never have done it. I've done the Fault show before line. at like uh, MJ's, which is some kind of leather bar. It's just difficult, but I always say yes to shows like that because I feel like if you can do a show in that kind of situation, it always makes other situations easier. You ever like do the it's, laundromat? It's good for you not to get spoiled, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do the laundromat when that was playing? Yeah, yeah. It's good to do like combat conditions like that because it kind of keeps you on your toes. You, yeah, you get to a point where you think, I, I don't want to put up with this shit anymore, but you, you know, sometimes nice you have to. It's, it's helpful. Yeah. Uh, at some point, though, I want to be like, I, pres- I prepared this material. I know how to, like, like bullwhip a crowd. I don't want to do that right now. I want to present this yeah, material. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you don't want to, yeah. But it makes it easier. Well, the Velveeta Room, that was a hard room to play. Uh, it's a lot better now. People actually will go there as a destination for comedy. And listen. But it used to just be a place that people would stumble into, or, you know, nobody was really down there to see comedy. But now that people, now that there's just more places to see comedy and more venues and everything, people will actually seek it out. And so... If anybody's seeking it out, it makes it way better than if people are just like, oh, should we try this? Yeah. But, the, but And so you would do your stuff at the Velveeta Room to like no response, pretty much. And then you would go out to Cap City and people would like it and you would think oh I guess that was funny you know like you never could gauge on these kind of shit rooms oh yeah it's probably the same way it's the same way around here with, o- joke, with like, open mics or something I guess I don't I haven't done open mic in a long time but me but neither just like, last time I did was with Natasha yeah she was just still doing it and I was just barely out I was out by like a year and a half or so mm-hmm. and we went by to the M bar once 
And I, I was like, yeah, I'll go up. Jonah, I think Jonah Ray was hosting. Yeah. And I, he was like, yeah, okay, I'll go. And then you start doing it. And I was like, like a minute in, I was like, would, would someone look at me? Why is no one looking at me? <laughs> you're all writing your notebook. Yeah, they're awful. all looking at their sets. Yeah, and, I forgot. Yeah. I just forgot about that. <laughs> I developed this really high pitch when I was doing it mics all the time. This really high pitch. And then look at her. And they're like, and Mitzi was like, what are you doing? And I was like, that's how you get their attention. She's like, no, it's not. I got another way. <laughs> when I first, I remember after doing the first set that I did here that was ho- just horrible when I was like 22. At the store? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just remember going back into the back there and looking at, you know, all the names that were in, the names that were in ne- in Neon. And it was like oh, yeah. Sam Kinison, um, it was just like people Letterman. who were yelling oh. or, or just like oh, I yeah. noticed like a couple of people that were just like like Sam Kinison uh, who's like the other like loud yeller and I just thought oh that's that's what you have to do here I guess because like no one pays attention <laughs> so these people made it into neon by like yelling like at people and like demanding to be heard you know in like these in a in a tough room like this yeah that's all you do you develop that definitely but yeah, I, I always wonder what, like how, because yeah, I, I always, yeah, Letterman started here, but I always wonder, his comedy is so different than so different. the rest of people that were doing comedy just anywhere at the he, time. He, I've and, worked here long enough to realize it's not about yelling, it's about like just commanding an audience. Yeah. When I see Mooney, just everyone, as he was like coming to the stage, he'd always be on late, people would start to leave, but they'd see him, and they didn't know what he was, especially white people, I had no idea who Paul Mooney was. Right. But they would just sort of sit down, and you're like, hold on, who is this guy? You could just see people... Yeah, just paying him control. attention. Yeah. Because he was so confident. He'd been doing it 90 years, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, Louis C.K. is like that. Like, I really admire him because he could just go in and play, like, any kind of room. Mm-hmm. Like, people like, or Jeff Ross or something, you know, that people that, you know, what you may yeah, like or not like about their comedy is kind of irrelevant to, like, a level of respect for them because they can play, like, any room and they just go in there and they like lock eyes with the audience, and they're totally connected, yeah. and they and they don't let go. Chris remember, Rock is like that too, mm-hmm. you know. That that just I remember thinking it was weak of the alt community to never come to the store because I'm like you're just going up in rooms that are like supportive, like put yourself. And Louis would come here on Sundays and Mondays, uh-huh. and it was like yeah, he's putting himself in a weird position, and it, he would do well. And you're like that's a comic who right who could go anywhere, yeah. But then you see some guys, and you're like, eh, you're just staying in your own like cocoon yeah it's something to like definitely learn from that to to just try like all those different kinds of places and yeah hey do you have a it's problem something you can't do when you're younger when you're and like insecure in a way yeah. or like you know or, you're not or have it in other rooms like you can't get yeah it. yeah you have to you know when you get more comfortable with yourself it's one of those things where you go well you know i should i should Hope, hopefully I get laughs in you know with the same kind of material in all mm-hmm. the same kind of rooms and you know that's yeah a, I do black rooms I would always go bomb the black rooms yeah <laughs> yeah see yeah so exactly realize, like, don't try to be black don't try to yeah. be overly white just exactly. do what just you think is funny and they'll respond yeah because everybody has if, if it's something personal hopefully it'll be universal yeah you know and again yeah hopefully it won't be <laughs> Steve Simone is like that. Uh, tracking down women at the grocery store, yeah. which everybody does. I mean, I guess most guys would do, right? I, I think mean, they, maybe they're just not admitting it. I really not, feel like it's, I can't be the only like, one. 
Yeah, or like, is there like, what, is there like a more of a joke after it? You know what I'm yeah. trying to say? Like, maybe the joke is not oh, the, yeah, the thing, or you know, no, they'll laugh at it when I do the jokes. But I'm like, you know what I'm talking about, and they'll all just go like, no. <laughs> I'm like, really? And then I'm like, well, maybe it's me. And then I'll do the joke anyway. And they'll laugh. It's oh, not so bad. they're it's just, just like, lying about not experiencing it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But all of them, because they're like with a girl on a first date. Have you ever done that? Have you ever like sought somebody out in the supermarket? Like looked. Just to get a good look at the face. Let's see how hot they really are. Wait, that I ever what? You that ever do that with like a guy? When you see a random dude at a supermarket from all the way down an aisle, like oh yeah, go yeah, down of here course, just to pass of course, it. yeah. Smell what he smells like. Oh yeah, sure, guys do that. Yeah, everybody does that. Uh, hey, do you ever think with all the with how easy it is to get laid in the gay community with things like Grinder? Uh huh. Do you ever th- get remiss that you're missing out on like? Relationshipy situations sometimes and then some uh, you know most of the time not I kind of enjoy being single because no. there are a lot of options but I feel like it may as you get you get older and set in your ways and stuff that you're just like am I ever gonna have another relationship again in a way because it's just like I know what I like I know what yeah. I want like to do it's almost like you know how long will I have the options that I have now and you kind of just go it, it's weird because I go in and out of that I go like I'll meet somebody really cool and I'll be like well will I want to like do I want to settle down right now and like in the past right. and it's weird too because it's been so long since I've had a relationship how long oh like seven years wow to where it's like if you bring that up you can't bring that up on a date what that you like want a one first or you don't date. want one yeah you can't really bring it up at all you hope really you hope hard. to god that somebody doesn't ask you because if you're like well i haven't really gone out with anyone in seven years and they just think what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> you know and then if you think like i just want to say i just want to be casual yeah yeah and if you're like uh yeah and if you're like you know i just uh don't want to settle down and they think and then they think well who the fuck are you yeah. you you, know? you can't bring it up <laughs> you just want it known yeah I worry about it sometimes. I'm like, am I ever going to find a relationship? But I'm pretty, same thing, pretty well, happy how being long, single. But you were married for a while, right? Uh-huh. And you're not married now? Or? But that was like four or five years ago. Uh-huh. And then I think I had one girlfriend since then. Uh-huh. But it's always like open relationships where it's like, I don't want to, I just like being like single. Like from the get-go? Mm-hmm. And you, and you tell them, you go, hey, look, let's not, Yeah, the marriage is like that. Casual. And so then I try to keep that forever. Like, uh-huh. it can even get more than casual, but it's like, just when I'm not with you, it's, you just not worry about what I'm doing. And I'll do the same. Right, right. Uh, it's hard to bring up. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's real hard they to just bring think, up. Wait a second. Yeah, and it has to be the kind of person that you feel would be receptive to that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because otherwise... And you don't want to shove it down their throats of, like, I'm not going to commit to you. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be like yeah. that. So, like, you only say it once in passing, and hopefully they get it. <laughs> you know? But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a difficult discussion <laughs> and also though the if thing I had is grinder, like younger would, people like I like younger people in general me too and so and it's harder they're to bring that life. up they're full of life for one thing but it's harder to bring stuff like that up because they still have their they haven't Romantic been beaten ideas. down through their 30s so <laughs> yeah. they, they still they have that kind of optimism of like what I would never want to go out with anyone but you you know they just yeah. they, and you want to be like yes you will <laughs> you 100% will Give it time. Not only am <laughs> You'll I not get that awesome, bored. no one's that awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, we're, we are socialized, and maybe it's maybe it's less so, but I still think you, you get the same uh, 
stigma from from I mean the same stimulus from most things like song you know r- romantic songs and movies and all that kind of stuff to where you're brought up thinking well there's that one special person for me yeah and it's, it's really you that's what does it yeah the it's like people you, you know you might not be able to get everything you want through one person and and, and so misleading they're right off into the sunset where it's like cool everything's happy and good but then it's like there's real life goes on after that yeah yeah this is why I love Ghostbusters too. it's one <laughs> really? of my favorite movies yeah because at the end of Ghostbusters he goes off with um, with Grills in the Mist whatever her name is Sigourney Weaves yeah and it's all happy you know off into the sunset and then two opens up five years later he runs into her he's like how come you don't go out with me anymore she was like because you were awful and you referred to me as your ball and chain <laughs> and we never did anything and you're like yeah, that's reality that's true it didn't end up happily that's true wow I haven't seen Ghostbusters 2 in a long time. It's just the first five minutes and you right can turn on. it off. But, like, <laughs> but I, I don't want that covered more in movies. Right. Real situations. Oh, yeah. It's it's tough. And they do, you know, they do... Uh, yeah, and for all, like, people that... It took me a long time to come around on any kind of value in, like, a in a Judd Apatow, you know? Uh-huh. For the for the longest time, I was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know about these the fart jokes and all that oh. kind of stuff. Like, like there were certain things that put me off about it. But you know, it, over time, I've gone like, well, you know, at least he's like trying to do something that's based in reality. Uh-huh. It might not always be successful, yeah. but it does say something to how people live more than you know something like stripes does even though like yeah, stripes I, I is absolutely for, hilarious I, you know? it's hilarious you know it's just stuff you know or there's the movies that we grew up with a stripes a ghostbusters a, there's nothing real there yeah it, it's, it's like there's yeah it's uh, there's somewhat of a real thing but not i liked when jonah hill in that movie knocked up was like um am i the only one not thinking abortion like you should definitely <laughs> talk her into getting an abortion <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. that should be covered at least yeah, and I and I always saw it from like, uh, yeah, and I saw the whole storyline, you know, initially from like a, a gay gay perspective, which would be like, wow, what if this was two guys and it was like aged up, you know? It's just like <laughs> no one would think that was funny at all. It's just like, but the the irresponsibility of the two characters is we're we're at a point. Is endearing where that's yeah where that's just kind of like oh I slipped up you know <laughs> there was so much worse things that could have happened in that situation. <laughs> but Justin know. had his boyfriend told him once and they <laughs> broke up, but he realized he just could not rein that guy in. Um, so he, his his rule was like, can you please just not give me AIDS? <laughs> that's all I'm asking. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's crazy. And I yeah. And I like waver on the back and forth on just hearing like an AIDS joke. Sometimes I'll be like, uh, you know, because it's a still serious. It's a, it, you know, it never got like super serious in the heterosexual uh-uh. community. But, the, you know, and it's been like a long time since I've known, known anyone that died of AIDS. Yeah. You know, I've only, there's like two people I can count, you know. Yeah. I can the count on one hand here. the people that I know that died of it. So it just seems like. But still, it hits a it's a hits a thing in me when someone makes an AIDS joke, and I'm just like, oh, you know, like hey, is this funny or not to me? Because oh, it's just it still is like a personal thing. But I think it's funny know, because it's, it's a it's a death sentence, but at the same time, you don't really hear about it. Yeah. So it's then crazy. it's like it's like you can mock this with impunity. Because I mean, there were people early on that it happened to, but. Yeah. The that, piano player here has had HIV for like 30 years. Who was it? Who? The piano player here just oh, died. Oh, really? Yeah. He just died? No. 
oh, he's still alive. Wow. Yeah. So it's 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 or like you know Greg Luganus or what mm-hmm. Magic Johnson. I mean, if you have enough money, and it, but it seems like you don't even have to have enough the money anymore. You know, I mean, the money comes from uh, for the people that aren't like say Magic Johnson or Greg Luganus or. You know, the money comes from our taxes. Yeah. So it still right, so is like, still it's irresponsible money. to have to sex. At, yeah, it's very irresponsible to get AIDS because you know how not to get it. You know not what to do. They never covered the, that, though, in the Connor commercials because they, they, they got market towards gays. especially oh, the, the billboards and everything? Yeah, yeah. like, please wear a con like, yeah. specifically. Um, but they're always like, they show kind of like the negative effects of, of not wearing a condom. Yeah, but they never like say like it feels way worse. It's, I know, but they never just like we know, know that. But you got to do it anyway. They should just be. They're ignoring it's it. It's true. Oh my god, it feels so much better. But you can't. So much better with but, that one. But the but the the guilt and the not knowing and all that just yeah. feels way worse uh, to me. Like that always outweighs the that feeling afterwards. Or like, Ugh, is always a lot worse than. The how good it feels and the difference between feeling of good or bad without it, yeah. So that's it's true. Just, you have to be responsible. You have to be responsible until you're at the point where you're like, I'm not hard enough to fuck you with a condom. <laughs> so it, we, it's a we won't it's be a doing real this. boner killer. <laughs> yeah. And then even when you think, yeah, and even if you're putting one on and you're thinking like, this is there to protect me. You know, it still it doesn't matter what you think. Sometimes <laughs> it just doesn't do it. You know, you just think this is. Yeah, it's like fine. It's like you're perfectly suited and it's perfectly hard. And then you're like, cool, get this thing out. And your dick's like, ugh, oh, I'm going away. (laughs) (laughs) Come on back. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, they never show that. Anyway, it's... Do you think about like you want a relationship? Like you should want one? Um, Yeah, I do sometimes. But then I I just... I just know that you don't have to have one. You know, you can can be happy and not... It's fun being single. And a bad... And and like I get that from my mom. My mom is like super happy. She had three marriages: the first to my dad, the second that was really really horrible, and then a third for twenty five years. That was That's good, fine. But then you know the guy left her for a younger woman after you know, twenty five years. Yeah, exactly, bullshit like that. And so, oh. but she's she says you know I mean I have to take her word for it, but she seems just fine and happy and what, being she's been on her own yeah for yeah it seems fourteen like, years now it seems so like you should feel like, bad for that person yeah but she but it's like she enjoys doing what she does and I and I can totally see myself doing that years from now it's TMZ. My feeling is you make these ideas about uh, romance when you're 16, 17, up to like 25. Like, this is what I should want. Right. And then you hit, you know, 35, whatever. You've had a lot of relationships. You've known a lot of people. And you're like, oh, I don't... You just... I'm getting more fulfillment now from like writing a good bit or like doing things. And it's like, if I want to spend time with a girl, that's fine too. But I'm not going to have value, like self-value based on who I'm with. Right, right. And so I could totally be single... Like Carlin dated girls, but they were like younger, and he was still like, "I just got to write my material. That's it. That's right. all I really care about." Right, right, exactly. And so then it's like, I don't need someone. Your priorities shift. Yeah. 
That's what he's saying about Ben Affleck was was that he couldn't be monogamous to this girl. He kept cheating on her. He felt bad. He loved her, but he just couldn't. Ben Affleck. Yeah, really. And like this is the story I heard. But like, and, and no so one is that why he's like it's the work. Is that what he's remember at his uh, what Oscar speech where he's like it's the best kind of work. Like he has to work to be with his with Jennifer Garner or something. I mean, is he with Jennifer Garner now? Ben Affleck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was way back. Okay, so wait, so he this way, and he was, was a like, scoundrel. Yeah, but it was like I couldn't. Some like college sweetheart, and he's like, I can't stay monogamous to you because I'm Ben Affleck, <laughs> and I can fuck nines and tens, and they don't even have to tell me their name. Oh my god, I'm not like I'm not. I'm getting pulled by more than some random guy you date that maybe thinks he might have a shot with a secretary at work, but doesn't know. It's a whole different game, right? When you know you have options, right? Blender. Grinder, whatever it is, just like it, there's no way yeah. I could be monogamous it's with crazy. that. Crazy, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I always think that like Hi. George Clooney, you know, figured it out by not getting married. I always wonder why do those big s- stars get married? I mean, they're not going to be, able, or Jack Nicholson, you know, they, they should just not get married. Derek Jeter's <laughs> a single captain of the Yankees. <laughs> So anyone he bones, it's totally fine. Yeah. He's not hurting anyone. I admire that kind of person yeah. way more than someone who feels like they must settle down because that's what society expects of them. I heard Phil Hartman couldn't divorce that wife, even though he didn't like her. Yeah. Because he felt like he needed to have a, a wife to be able to stay a star in, in Hollywood. He needed to have that family Oh, man. Situation. Wow. But he was like a player, Phil Hartman? No, no, oh, okay. but he just wasn't happy Thank in that God. marriage, but didn't feel like he'd get out of it. And right, right. And then she killed him. I know. Uh, that's the worst ever. But the feeling you have to stay, oh, yeah. I mean. Woke up what with a she gun took, over you. What she, but that's the thing. I mean, that's horrible in any situation, but it's just like what she took from the world. Yeah. That's just unconscionable. He was so good. <laughs> and it's just like if she, if, yeah. Shoot his toe off. And she like, I mean, yeah, and and she knew that, right? Because she had she, to know. She had to know, so she killed he herself, <laughs> right? If she didn't know that, she wouldn't have killed herself. Maybe that's why she killed herself. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> she knows, like, I didn't just kill I just, my husband. She's I, like, she would get lynched in the street if she <laughs> if she were still alive. No, no, there would be no yeah. jury that wouldn't. Casey Anthony didn't get away with it. Call she her just guilty. Killed some bratty kid. No big deal. I never met that kid. <laughs> but. Phil Hartman. But the joy she took away and the future joy that we would have had. We would yeah. have had that joy for like the last 20 years. He was so good. You know, it's like if someone had killed Martin Short, you know, 20 years, you know, we would just be denied so much. Yeah, kill like, him why now, would you okay. do that to one of the good guys? You yeah. think so? Oh, no, I still love Martin Short. Is Martin he still Short doing is stuff? amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does really? stuff all the time. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Even just on a talk show or something, he oh. like lightens up. I was, oh, working, wait, on this, I was, was working on this horrible talk Jiminy show. Jiminy Glick, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's oh, good. yeah. I mean, just for like Jiminy Glick, he got to a lifetime pass. But, you know, I was just working on this bad talk show. And then like, but he came in as one of the guests and just like, oh, my God. He made it like enough goodwill to go on for like the next two weeks around there mm-hmm. it was just really amazing because it was just nice. like this horrible condition but just by virtue of him showing up and being like thanks for remembering you know and just being like this guy that is just a, a just positive you know Brody Stevens positive energy <laughs> it was enough to make the Everyone next couple better. weeks yeah to just you know to go, I don't know that's cool I saw but yeah Brody I feel like Phil Hartman was one of those guys yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody probably just loved him. Yeah. He was such a good comedic actor. He always found a way to, like, turn this funnier. 
Oh yeah. He's my my ideal. It's like when I want to be in a role. It's like I want to do it the way. Like he, I don't even know if he ever did this, but I always just attributed this to him. Like if he thought, let's say on news radio, where if if, if uh, the storyline is that somebody thought he was gay, uh-huh. let's say Andy Dick thought he was gay. Yeah. And um, and he was worried about it. Like he felt like, ooh, he's gay. I don't know if I should. And so then. Phil Hartman would have this thing like, hey man, you really helped me out a lot. Like, Phil Hartman didn't know he's gay, but I mean, the character didn't know he's gay, but right. Phil Hartman knew. So he'd be like, hey man, you really helped me a lot. I appreciate that. And he could either give him a handshake or give him a hug, you know? And both would be justified in a character who didn't know the other character thought he was gay, but like, what'll be funnier here? Right, right. And he would always go for the hug and have the other guy like freak out. <laughs> he would just be given, like, set people yeah. up all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's pretty amazing. Well, that's why I like uh, Bill Hader because I feel like yeah. he's like the weird Phil Hartman. Like, like he just comes in. I don't know. People have their opinions. Is Bill Hader the MacGyver, the MacGyver character. Bill Hader? No, no. He does. What was he, that? Uh, that was. Uh, uh, that's. Uh, oh God. Um, uh, ew. Why am I blanking? MacGruber, you mean? MacGruber, um, yeah. But I'm, why am I blanking on his name? Bill Hader's cool though. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say it's embarrassing not to know like the dude <laughs> though that does MacGruber because like that, that dude is funny. Will Fort, Will Fort, yeah. or Forte. Forte. I don't know how he ever said his name, but but uh, I don't know. It's weird. Like somebody like my Sarah Live means a lot is a lot different to like you know if I, I feel like if you're 22, 23, maybe you probably don't even watch Sarah Live. You don't no, care. Anymore. It doesn't. You don't. Then, you don't know the history of it or whatever, but. But to me, like it's—I don't know—it's. I think it's really their cast right now is really good. Really, and sometimes the writing is spotty here or there, but the the just a couple of these new women that came in are great. Good. They just came in this year. And I lost them like ten know. years ago. Yeah, see, and people I like, I never just people go eh, just didn't come back. Yeah, I can totally see that. I've heard that a lot it's, that it's been pretty good lately. It's just like something I grew up with, so I just always watch it every week, and even though. Do you remember when you first saw Saturday Night Live and it was like, oh my God, why haven't I been exposed, ex- exposed to this kind of comedy? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. This is like, this is so much different and real and funny. Oh, yeah, I was like that, definitely. And then, especially though with SCTV though, that for me, oh, like yeah. that was like the real like, wow, because it felt like you were the only person watching it or something. Yeah. Because nobody would talk about it at school. People would always talk about Saturday Night Live at school. I didn't school find it until way happened. later SCTV. But yeah, SCTV like, you know, it was maybe the thing you had with two of your other friends or whatever. But why just, are we talking about that all of a sudden? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it might be done anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I we're just covered like... It all. <laughs> I do remember in Beavis and Butthead when the first one was out, is I was making out with this girl, Andrea Andrea Smith, and I was still a virgin, uh-huh. and it was like super exciting for me to make out with somebody. And she wanted to take my virginity, but I didn't love her, so I said no. <laughs> um, wow. But we were noble. making out, and that Would was Would you really go ex- back and redo that if you could? No, now? absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy with who I lost it to. It was like my first uh-huh. real love. Uh-huh. But like, I know now that does not matter. I passed up a bunch of chances. I'm like, it would have been nice to have fucked them. Right. But um, making out with her and Beavis and Butthead was on the TV uh-huh. and just like trying not to listen, but just start like <laughs> laughing. She's like, what's so funny? And I'm like, I know. Even this inexperienced level, I know I cannot tell her what's funny. <laughs> I'd have exactly. to be like, it's just weird. We're together Something like this. you did, yeah. yeah. Like, there's no way I can justify listening to the TV while we're kissing. That's hilarious. Yeah, what... Um, I mean, what can I tell you about Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, uh, how was that? Is it a fun working show on, like, be- Working on Beavis and Butthead, was it, it was just like a dream come true. Because <sighs> the thing is, when I... 
first saw Beavis and Butthead, I never really watched the story. I didn't like the stories. Just the videos? I didn't watch that part. I was just like the making fun of the videos. Yeah. And so, so in a way, because I had already worked with Mike Judge on a previous thing, I, it wasn't it wasn't a situation where I went in going like, oh my god, I don't even yeah. know what to say around him because he oh, did good. Beavis and Butthead, and uh, you know, just because we had known each other peripherally around like Austin when we did Austin Stories he came and visited the set a couple oh, times really? which was awesome and then you know I auditioned for uh, a couple of roles in office space that he combined into one role that he played himself so I can't he, oh. when he was the manager at the TGI Friday thing or whatever so you can't get mad at the guy for that he's yeah. directing the movie if he wants to cast himself why did you put great. me in who was better than me oh <laughs> yeah you? exactly oh, it's right. like well okay <laughs> and you're outclassed by the director fine <laughs> and then uh but then uh, you know we did this show that was uh, was called uh, Good Family that was on ABC. It was an animated show and only ran thirteen episodes. But that led to Beavis and Butthead, and so mm. it, so it, it was great that it wasn't like I I love Beavis and Butthead, but didn't like totally worship it. It wasn't like a formative experience. It wasn't anything that was maybe going to go. Ugh. And so you know, and I, and so I liked work. Uh, I liked when they would make fun of the videos and that's what I did. I didn't have anything to do with any of the storylines or anything like that. It was just going in there, uh, sitting in a room. Sometimes you get the videos in advance and think about maybe what you would say and send it back and he would read through pages. But, Mike would. Yeah, Mike yeah. But most of the time, probably 85% of the time, what ended up being on the show was just stuff that you'd say in the room. And so okay. it was super gratifying when you, you know, you're, we've watched a video like three or four times, just say, you don't, nobody talks like Beavis or Butthead or whatever. You just say whatever comes into your mind about that video and maybe what they would think about it. But it's really is kind of the genius thing of Beavis and Butthead because it's what everyone is thinking. Uh-huh. And when he just says it, in, it says it in a voice as Beavis yeah, or butthead. Fire. It's like, yeah, it just, fire is not a joke. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just like, what everybody's thinking about the video. So it really doesn't have to be like specifically tailored. And then sometimes he would say something as, but anyway, but it was so gratifying when he would just go into the booth, right? He'd go into the booth right after the video when everything's like in his head and he would say the lines. Sometimes he would say it as Beavis and then think, oh, well, this might be better if butthead said it. And then sometimes... And you would hear him do that? Yeah. Wow. And so it was just really cool to just... You'd sit in the lounge next to the booth, stare at the back of his head while he's reading, you know, while he's doing Beavis and or And you were just words in Beavis' mouth. And he... Yeah. Wow. And he would just do all Beavis and then all Butthead. <laughs> and then uh, sometimes switch up who was doing what. But it was never a thing where he, it's not like Phil Hendry or something where he's doing like two voices at once or whatever. It's just like a all one and it's all just the other. Like, yeah, all one and then all the other, and uh, you know, and then they just like edit that together. But that's really cool. But yeah, so it was just like a fun atmosphere, and the guy is just like the nicest, most well-adjusted person in show business history. I guess it was just always like really like if you saw him if you interacted with him and didn't know that he had done Beavis and Butthead or whatever you would just think well this guy is like a really cool electrician or something really you know I mean he's obviously super talented and obviously super hilarious but just his manner is so unassuming oh nice that you never feel 
it's one of those situations where, you know, and I've been in situations before where you're sitting with someone and you just like resent that they have so much money and so much fame. And I'm sure you've been in situations <laughs> like that. You're a bad too. person. Yeah. There's no God. You but, prove there's no God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's so just the polar opposite with him. He just, he's, he's just like a guy who had a lot of, he has a lot of talent, obviously, but he also has a lot of has had a lot of luck you can't yeah. deny that he's just like fell into a couple of things that are like huge yeah you know what's the name said that with the the black guy with the birthmark that was on that other 30 rock show 30 Tr- 30- Tracy Morgan comedy what? no the other one the, the serious 30 rock whatever that was called D.L. Hughley D.L. Hughley yeah, he was Wait, like. What was? Oh, oh, uh, Studio Sixty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for interpreting for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was like, there were guys I came up with that were way more talented than me, and worked harder than me because yeah. I'm lucky. Yeah, it's a lot of like, it. It's just luck, man. Yeah, I heard a story about him from the South Park guys about Mike Judge saying that he sought them out after like first year after it was like humongous and said, "Let me prepare you for what you're going to go through soon. They're going to tell you you're a sellout." <laughs> Uh, they're going to tell you like, and just that's just prepared awesome. them for everything they would need and they were like yeah and it all came true and it was really helpful <laughs> that's awesome yeah. wow yeah I mean I could totally see him doing that because he's just like just the the best guy that's so cool to write for Beavis and Butthead <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah definitely it, it sucks that it didn't get you know that it didn't get picked up for after I, yeah. I think I feel like MTV is like Tishon Shannon one, one time said that uh He's a writer guy. Uh, I mean, he said that uh, you could go and give MTV a gold brick and they'd be like, what the fuck is this? And try to flush it down the toilet. (laughs) And so, and I feel like it's like that kind of thing to where, you know, they had this relaunch and the relaunch went well and it got good reviews and everything, but they just kind of put it on in a, in a time and they put it after Jersey Shore and everything and everything was going okay but I don't know if people just weren't interested after the relaunch because the ratings went down but also the last episodes like the last four episodes I think were aired around the time of like Thanksgiving and Christmas when nobody's really watching, watching TV so I don't know if it was just like part of that like I was honestly afraid to watch the new ones yeah because everybody thought it was going to suck and suck it I up just but I so didn't want it to suck that I was like just don't even watch just have your memories yeah exactly but i i don't know i mean i think that and because i'm not so beholden to it uh from the first time it came out you know i didn't watch like every episode and be like oh this is the funniest thing ever you know like i was way more into like the ben stiller show (laughs) which nobody was when it came out i was more into like you know dumb pop culture kind of stuff but but uh yeah, so I think that like when it when it relaunched, I mean, I think we did a really good job of being faithful to it and not fucking it up and like it, you know, and th- those those will hold up to the original episodes. You think so? Even though nice. while we were doing the videos a lot of times we we thought, well, this this might be too insightful for for Beavis or Butthead to say, but we also thought but they're not like society has gotten to where you can be they can't be stupider than the people on Jersey Shore. You know, like yeah. the real life, real life people are stupider well, than Beavis and Butthead. Animaniacs had like so. deeper things. That yeah, like, yeah. It, it wasn't for their audience, but it was for their other audience. Like yeah. they can be somewhat. Yeah, but I think there was stuff like that in the early Beavis and Butthead to where it's like sometimes it's like out of the mouths of 
you know, babes in a way where it's like wisdom, you know, some kind of wisdom would come out of it, the things that they would say. Yeah. But they're still they stupid. Al- when they weren't allowed to say fire anymore because one of their fans set fire to something. And so they're like, they can't talk about fire ever, even though that was a big thing for Beavis. Yeah. It was just like, fire, fire. Uh, but there was some video with a deep fryer. And he just goes, Friar, Friar. First time I said it for like months. That's a funny way to get around it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, do you want to promote anything? You have a Twitter account? What? It, Twitter, yeah. Yeah, what is it? It's just Chip Pope. Chip Pope. <laughs> Everyone can spell that. A dumb name. C-H-I-P-P-O-P-E. Do you have anything you want to promote or anything? Uh, I don't know. Besides your overall Dude, personality. Do a bunch of sets. I'll be at the UCB, I think, on April 2nd. I'll be here at the Comedy Store on March 30th. And then uh, at uh, Genghis Cohen All right. on Monday the nineteenth. Do I don't know when this in, will come out. Do you but put like, your town sets Monday. like up on uh, up online? Uh, no, I should more. I, I just Facebook it, but I don't know. I mean, does anybody go to websites anymore? I still have a website, but it's like it, I never really was that into it when I started doing it, and yeah. now it's like I don't even know if people go to websites if they just go to Facebook. Only if specifically or, looking to be like. I'm going to LA. Let me see when Chip Pope is on. Right, right. But it's like yeah. so rare. Yeah. Do like, do you still have a website and stuff? Do yeah, people I do. look at it? Or? Well, I put up like stuff, like extra details from the podcast up there. Uh huh. That's good. That's but only good. to drive them to see my dates, so they can be like, "Oh, cool, you're here next week." Right, right. I should do that. I'm going to go home and put up dates because you're, you're not going to do. I do. I do. I have a lot of dates coming at the, at the end of the at the end of the month. So, what's your website? ChipPope.com. Uh, yeah, ChipPope.com. I'll be at Bridgetown Comedy Festival, which is a lot of fun. That's Have you ever done that one? Have you ever been I did up it there? once two years ago? Then last year I accidentally scheduled something the same day, like a uh-huh. paying gig, so I couldn't get out of it. And this year I wrote Andy, and he just—I heard he didn't like me. He just interesting. Did not write what back. really? Yeah. You know what though? I mean, that guy—I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm surprised that 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 thing gets put together at all because that guy is so like. I mean, he's, what, it's pretty much a one-man yeah. comedy. I mean, he puts that It could easily together, be that, too. So it could just like, be that. I'll get back to that. Like, and then, yeah, just any of those things I never take, like, any offense to. Mm-hmm. If they, Why didn't they invite me? You know, I never, like, think, nah, man. I mean, who cares? Oh, anyway I always assume it's about just me, either but, you don't know me, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, or, you just go, I don't know, you're busy, you're it's full. just whatever. Yeah. But, uh, it but yeah, it, it's the third weekend in April. If it, in if you have any Portland listeners. that. So. Yeah. Yeah. In 420. So Is that? Be, oh yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I want to do that and then go to Doug San Francisco for shows. Not San Francisco, Seattle for shows that I'm doing there at 420. But I want to go hang out until Friday night and then go. Right. Right. Maybe I'll email him again. It sure is fun. Everyone just gets drunk there. Yeah, I know. They just ensure <laughs> everyone is just obliterated. I don't even drink, but it's just fun. Yeah. It is fun though to be to be there. We I don't mind people being drunk tracks. around me. A lot of people don't, don't it's, like it's, that. If everyone is, it's okay. It's <laughs> one annoying guy. Like, you're too yeah. drunk. <laughs> yeah. the, you, the level has been set to here, and you're way below it. Right. But if the level's way lower, then you're fine. Yeah. We, we, put, we were turn, made a turn onto train tracks when I was there two years ago. I forgot who was driving. Maybe Mark Norman. It wasn't Mark Norman. But, uh, and just got stuck in these train tracks. And we had to get the guys from the after party. It was like 10 comics. Canaan, Fairbanks, we're all oh, trying wow. to lift this car off the tracks. But they're all so drunk and uncoordinated that we could not do it. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that, actually. Yeah, I guess I was there a couple years ago. So. Um, wow. Cool. All right. All right, well, thanks, Jeff. Well, thank you. Nice talking to you. I haven't seen you in a while. You too. I'm so
this brick? It's hard. He must have gone over there. Maybe stood up. It wasn't. Well, there is a there is a door like right there, but so that he probably has the same room as me, but up, but like, but like mirrored. I don't know. So that's what I'm saying is I don't know if it's better to do it like on this side because his bedroom's over there. Oh yeah, maybe we should do it here. Yeah, this might be better. Is this less echoey? It's less echoey. Well, everybody, that was the episode. Skeptic Tank Woman 111. What'd you think? Me and Paul are still trying to figure out a way that I can make some noise in my. Dude, I gotta scream. I get into shit sometimes. We can talk a little bit louder than that because I feel like we're in the kitchen. I know, but I can't scream still. Can I scream? You can sing in the kitchen. I can close that door maybe. If I can close those double doors. Yeah, I feel like. Fucking New York is already fucking me in the ass. I haven't been here one night yet. That could have been the name of it. Fucking New York is fucking me in the ass. Somebody's fucking me in the ass out of the closet. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> just next to the closet is fucking me in the ass. Hey, it's 2.30 in the morning, all right? Yeah. This, um, is, this is a late writer's room session. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, you guys, that's the episode. Um, thank you very much to our sponsor. Um, Squarespace. Squarespace.com. Very, right, very nice. If you go to squarespace.com slash Ari, um, you can get a free trial. No credit card required. You can just do it. That's good. Yeah. And then if you use the word offer code skeptic at, te- at checkout, uh, you get a 10% discount. So squarespace.com slash Ari offer code skeptic. So yeah, all it is is it helps you build a website. It's just a, it's just a platform building tool. So build a website. How long did you put off building your website before you actually fucking did it? I had a friend from college do it. Because I came up with the name first. Paulhasawebsite.com was what I came up with first. Paul has a website. Okay. And then how, how many years did you sit on that? <laughs> and then I think, I didn't know. I had AriShafir.com for like five years. Really? Just under construction, under construction. Never did anything with it until I finally did. I actually wish I had a thing like Squarespace when I was starting because I would have done it so easily. But if I entered this offer code skeptic, it wouldn't have come up with anything. I know. I guess I'm glad I waited till then. But yeah. Can I have it directed to my MySpace page still? <laughs> That's possible. That is possible. <laughs> That's what I'd love to do. Squarespace can do it. You can at least talk to someone on the phone and they'll tell you no. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're a creative type, if you're a blogger, designer, whatever, it's great for professionals, whatever you do, you should get it. Squarespace.com slash Ari. Um, so yeah, that's the episode. What are we going to do tomorrow? We've got a... We've got to spruce this apartment up. Yeah. Speaking of gay guys, we got to find a couple. See yeah. if they can do something with this place. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's literally a bed. There's a microwave sitting on the floor. Should we open my nightstand soon? $110 nightstand. I'll just put it on its side. Dude, I've got to figure something out with this. Okay, maybe it won't be so bad. But I'm over first. one. I'm over one. Yeah. I wasn't even yelling. Yeah. And I've already gotten a bang. That was like the first five minutes of the episode. Jesus. I mean, even... I wasn't you, even yelling. Dude, I get into shit sometimes. I yeah, let myself go. Right. And I'll get, like, mad once in a while. Right. I can't do that now. But do you think it's the amount of noise or the hour that's the it's amount? the hour, but yeah. that's when I do this shit. Mm-hmm. I do the intros at fucking... On Sunday nights after, yeah. like, late. You're preaching to the choir, even though I know you haven't been to church before. <sighs> oh, wait. What? That choir has something to do with church? Oh, I didn't know. What's preaching have to do with? Also church? Yeah. Wow, that's a great metaphor then. <laughs> Except that I haven't been to church in a long time. I did go to church once here with Natasha. We were here on vacation. 
We went to that big church where um, John F. Kennedy got married, mm-hmm. that big Catholic church. And it was pretty cool. I've never been to one before. She took me. And uh, you do the thing where they put the, the Eucharist on your tongue. Yeah, the bread. But, yeah, but everyone was taking it from them and putting it on your tongue themselves. Yeah. And I was like, fuck no. I mean, I didn't say that. But when it came to me, I put my tongue out. You put that shit on there. You put it on there. I've seen how it's done in the movies. You felt worthy? Uh, body of Christ, please. <laughs> I command, body of Christ commands you. I don't know how it's done. And then also I went to, um, uh, what's it called afterwards? Um, where you sit in a box and tell Confession? them your what a weird thing that is. I've never How did that become part of the religion? You're still Catholic? Uh, I was raised Catholic. So, but you should say, like, no, I'm not. I'm just Christian. <laughs> such, they're such rapists, I, man. You can't do it. I don't... See, we don't want to start this conversation now. It's like if you went to your high school, yeah, and the principal, the teachers there, those are the people that you deal with. You don't deal with the people that are in charge of the whole public school system, right? Well, first of all, private school system. (laughs) And second of all, yes. But if the people in charge of the private school system had been either raping people or covering up rapes for the last thousand years, then yeah. Then that would affect your school? I'd be like, hey guys, this year for the reunion, let's just go to TGI Fridays and not, not do it at school. Let's just meet at Fridays. And I've seen the pictures. That's exactly what you did. That's what we usually do. We end up there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the episode. And next episode, we're actually going to interview Ari's neighbor. We're going there right now, so stay tuned. <laughs> There's barge in there. We're going to knock on the door. How's it feel now? <laughs> hey, can we get a comment? What if this becomes a major problem? All right, hopefully it won't become a problem. But I can't see a way that it won't. Dude, well, I fuck. Here's the deal. Everyone has their own way of making love to a woman, but I do it loud. Everybody fucks at night, too, right? Yeah. Nobody's fucking in the daytime. I fuck sometimes during the day. It's actually way easier and more, like, you know, you can get shit done. Yeah, but then... But no, there's no way it's going to happen. I got to talk to Bulger. What does he do? What do people do when they fuck? I mean, I'm going to be talking afterwards at night at 2 a.m., but you just wait until you hear one peep over there. You fucking lose it. I don't want a revenge situation. No, 11 a.m., they start acting like it's and then the middle of the day. Boom, bang. boom, boom. Hey, some people are trying to be degenerates here. <laughs> trying to get my fucking hangover sleep in. Um, all right, you guys, that's the episode. It's a cliffhanger. We'll see. We're going over there We're right now. We're not going over there. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't live here. You're just going to knock and say, yeah. hey, I'm so sorry to walk you out. Say, hey, I, I heard you knocking. Can we do something for you? Because I know that you're up because you just knocked on I'm the wall. I'm going to have to buy a broom handle <laughs> for banging on the wall. <laughs> no, but everyone has a broom that's handle. That's the Mitch Hedberg joke. What? Go, go around. What is it? He's like, I don't know. I don't know if you see a door there, but here there's nothing. When the guy knocks on the wall. You ever heard that joke? <laughs> go around, no. <laughs> that's funny because he plays his music loud just like you yeah oh yeah it's gonna be a problem so they should just ignore it and get complaints how do you handle these situations I think uh, see if it's a reoccurring nightmare instance well it happened literally the f- you you moved into this place for two hours yeah for two hours welcome to the neighborhood shut the fuck up alphabet city <laughs> A B C D E fuck you. <laughs> um, that was aggressive, though. A pound on the wall. Yeah. You're trying to sleep? Uh, did that wake him up? 
2.15 a.m.? Just that talking woke him up through the wall? I don't know. We're still whispering. <laughs> I know. It's I'm shell-shocked. Now imagine what it would be like to be in the Holocaust. It's way worse than we just went through. I already feel like I'm being yelled at. Yeah. It's fucking high school again. All right. It's a year of my life. We'll figure it out. I'll get another place later. I should have got that place Madrigal suggested in... in uh, in um, just say Creek in the Cave New York isn't big there. enough for the two of you, you, you <laughs> that's what I'll say to him you gotta find out New York isn't big enough for the, be like there's 20 million people here I'm like yeah it's 19 million too many no wait it's one too many <laughs> I don't know say this is me or you pal <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole year of my lease left what do you got we'll have the whole skeptic tank fan just picketing outside this place I have the algae eaters that's what I'll call my fans the algae eaters of the skeptic tank <laughs> horrible name <laughs> you're still thinking about it though. I'm still thinking about it we're not even talking in our normal voices now we're two rooms over talking in whispered voices it's a slumber party <sighs> <laughs> I'll see what happens alright well my New York adventure starts now alright I'm walking over there now We'll see what happens. Okay, I'm so scared for you. Let's go. All right, bye, everybody. Tune in next week, every Monday. Bye. Thank you.